What's going on, everyone? Season Gaming VidCast back with episode 198, and I'm laughing already because we were just arguing about Fast and Furious before we went live, <laughs> and I really don't want to talk about it today. But <laughs> well, I can already see the chat and Travis coming after me, so that's we're right. Gonna, was, we're gonna have hey, a fun morning. Was the first thing out of your mouth before you said even Bitcast. So I think at this point it's it's got a prominent place in the show. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, Fatboy <laughs> Horror is already talking about it. So good morning, good morning, everyone. I am your host, Ainsley Boone, joined by as always this lovely, lovely panel. I'm gonna start with the dapper looking Thai guy Travis this morning. Not that you're not always dapper looking, but especially dapper looking this morning. I'm going outside today, which is a rarity. So, you know, I have to, I have to zhuzh it up a little bit. Get that sunscreen on, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I never leave home without it, Dan. I'll have it go. Good man. My, my melanin uh, is, is in need of assistance on this. So. Uh, By the way, I want to point out, you did not say McClunky, and I'm severely disappointed. I did not say McClunky. I did say melanin. Kind of close. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and to his right on your screen, the lovely host of virtual legality. Lovely is a strange word there, but I've already said it. We're going with I'm it. I'm a lovely man. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rico, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Yes, as as always, I'm bringing the legal lawyerly look to the uh, to the podcast. <laughs> just as just as Travis is bringing that slum look uh, from San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> it would be funny if you logged into the show and never knew anything about us, and you said one's a lawyer. You would think yep. it's Travis, one hundred percent. And last but certainly not least, the man, the myth, the seventh, Mister Rodriguez. Good morning, sir. That's right, baby. Let's do this. I'm ready. No Fast and Furious. No. I mean, no. all right, we're good. Yeah, no, we're good. I still, I still, I still think Tokyo <laughs> Drift was number two. Okay, first of all, not only is Tokyo Drift not number two, it takes place chronologically between six oh, and boy. seven. Hey, so you've everyone, done it. You've done all, it. All fans of yeah, Fast and Furious know that that, that 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 is true. So uh -huh. Tokyo Drift is really. Fast and Furious 6.8, 365 over 2. Correct, correct. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Justin Lin is a genius. Let's move on. Uh, just like Kingdom Hearts, which we're going to talk about, which just yeah. you were just saying they were genius with that series, too. With the No, I was not. <laughs> and <laughs> how dare you, sir? <laughs> how dare you? Uh, the old pre-show red herring. <laughs> remember, Travis, when you were talking up the plot of Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> nope. Definitely All right. Not. Well, uh, chat, good to see everyone this morning. And we've got, uh, I am not going to miss any Super Chats today, I promise. We've got Luke coming out of the gate. Man, that was fast. Yeah, Before he even started. All right, Luke. With the Xbox expansion pass, $2 Super Chat, all Star Wars is good Star Wars, Hogue. Just so you know. <laughs> if you that. allow a mega corporation to label things that are mandated for you to think are good, you've already lost, friend. <laughs> that's not the response he was expecting but i like it <laughs> yeah we're going to be talking about uh a lot today so we've got lego star wars skywalker saga which uh will probably lead to some other star wars banter as it usually does on this show we we've got I, uh, avoid it. I have i have like a note written here that says like don't fight with travis on this today it's like right right off camera don't argue with travis about star wars per, per usual hogan i agree on 98 percent of things and then spend all of our time arguing about the two percent we disagree on. So uh, I'm also going to try to try to not fight with them about Star Wars today. It is uh, the game is fantastic. So yeah, yeah, and we'll touch on that. We've got uh, 
we're going to be talking main topic about Halo Infinite Season 2 and kind of touching mm. back on some of the live service stuff we talked about previously. We obviously have Halo TV series episode 3, which Hogue loved. I'm just going to spoil that for you. Uh, I, have, we've I got, should have like a series of notes. That don't don't let these gentlemen get my ire up on like four different topics today. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a new Tomb Raider. We've got Max Payne returning. And we've got uh, some Activision Blizzard stuff I want to touch on with uh, some interesting contractual stuff. But first, guys, I am going to go ahead and say this because uh, I've been thinking about it and I feel like saying it. So we're going to start with just throwing something at you to get your opinions on. And that is my my thought that's been running through my head is that I think that achievements and trophy hunting is ruining games for some people. Um, and I, I'll tell you where I come up with this is that I've been obviously you guys know Elden Ring had took over my life for an extended period of time. I still talk to people daily who are playing it and asking me questions and hints and everything. And I've talked to a lot of people now, now that more people have been out for six weeks, people have finished the game. Um, I've seen quite a few people who keep posting Elden. I've 100% in Elden Ring because they got all the achievements and or got the platinum. And then they show, you know, a thousand and a thousand platinum and they put like 62 hours into it. And I'm like, or 65 or 70, what have you. And I'm thinking to myself, you've missed probably more than half of that game. But your definition of completing a game is that you have all the achievements or the trophies which those two things are not equal. The other thing that I that really kind of not bugs me, and I want to be exceedingly clear, I'm going to pull a hoke here, exceedingly clear that if you love achievements and trophies and that's fun to you, by all means, enjoy it. I, I'm glad Is that, that you hope? enjoy it. Is that a disclaimer? <laughs> <laughs> by all means, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I hope that you get as many as you want and you love it to death. But I think to, if you know Elden Ring enough to get all the achievements, right, you have to do certain things in that game, which is get all the legendary weapons, which are tied to specific quest lines. And there are a ton of specific things you have to do that, being honest, nobody is doing that in 60 hours unless you're literally using a step-by-step guide. Um, and the sense of one of the most beautiful things of Elden Ring is the sense of discovery and mystery and the things you kind of uncover in that world. And it's crazy to me that a game like this that comes around once in many years that took several years to develop that we won't see again for probably a pretty long time, that someone would literally sit down with a step-by-step guide to go through the whole thing with no sense of discovery or surprise or exploration just to say that they have this imaginary platinum trophy. Um, it's very weird to me, and I feel that that's doing a disservice almost to yourself in enjoying a game in uh, in a sense that, uh, you know, could be enjoyed much more thoroughly in a different way. Just an opinion, obviously, but I want to see what you guys think about that. Yeah, I was going to say, can I be devil's advocate on this? Because that, to me, in, in a different light, and, and and I know you love Elden Ring, and I, I like Elden and, Ring. And Elden Ring's just a, an example, right? I think sure. this is across many games, but... But, but like in a different light, that sounds a little bit like you're playing it wrong. Like that, that the critique sounds like you selling somebody that you, they are playing it wrong because they're not playing it in the way that would maximize your enjoyment sure. of the game. Sure. But there are achievement hunters. There are people that just get utility from the ding. And there's also people that maybe don't jive with Elden Ring as much as you or other games um, and, and like to do that and go and say that and get it done off their shelf. And it's not me and it's not you. Um, but I think that there can be value in that. Uh, and 
when I when I look at these kinds of issues, and we've talked about this before, uh, about like when is a game finished and what does achievements mean and what does achievement hunting mean? Um, I look at it and say, yeah, I, you know, I played Elden Ring for 35 hours and right. um, I haven't gone back and I probably won't go back for some time. I, I'm, I'm just done with that for right now. Right. But if I wanted to engage back with it, I find some of it's designed to be too obtuse. So, you know, powering through that with somebody's help, like your guides, Ains, um, might be a more enjoyable experience to me that does end up in 70 hours instead of 140 because I don't like wandering in the wilderness as much. Sure. Um, or I don't like trying to figure out what their design goals were because it's not it's not doing it for me as much as it was for, for other people. Um, so I, I, I reject the hypothesis achievements are <laughs> ruining games um, because I think it's just a it's just a marker and if you don't care about it you can go and enjoy the games perfectly fine anyway of course um so i reject that hypothesis but do acknowledge that i think it has driven people to game in a do in a different way than it did you know 20 years ago and i think that's sure. actually part of the design as well right filling bars and doing various things in games and asking oh what's the costume that i get where's the where's the meta reward that i get is yeah. different from you know the original days of gaming of like the game was fun. Actually playing was fun. There's a lot more outside stuff that because so many games feature it, whether it's achievements or costumes or V-Bucks or whatever it might be, when that's lacking, you do feel it now in that design. You're like, why, why am I spending, why am I spending the time doing this? Especially if you're not <laughs> fully enjoying it right that second. Right. So I don't think it's ruining things. I do think it changes some metrics. And I do think there are people that play that maybe aren't on this podcast at all. Uh, that did really just do like collecting those numbers for whatever reason they do. Of course. Oh, no, I fully acknowledge that. And like I said, if you'd like to, I'm not this, you know, this are trying to undermine that. I'm just, it was a perspective thought. That's all. Um, yeah. And I, I think that, uh, yeah, I already said my piece. So I don't want to spend too much time on this anyway. But Travis, Dan, what do you guys think? Man, I don't really have a huge opinion on trophies. And if they ruin games, all I know is that, you know, it's a cool feature. That's basically it. For me, you know, de depending on the game, I have no problem using guys. I have no shame. Uh, and usually it's, it comes down to where I'm like, all right, this is really frustrating. You know, what am I supposed to do? Uh, and like Coke said, it's kind of subjective as, you know, as how you find your value in the game. Uh, with something like, you know, Elden Ring, I haven't played it, so I couldn't tell you, but it sounds like from everything I've heard, there's tons of stuff to do, tons of stuff to find. Uh, you know, are you doing yourself a disservice just trying to rush through and get the trophies? Yeah, it depends on what you want. You know, I mean, you don't go to, you know, Red Lobster for a good steak. You know, you, you, you kind of, you know, you, you, you get what you want out of it. Man. You get the scam, <laughs> I, the I would Bay just biscuits. like to point out, in a first for the podcast, apparently my father is watching this one. Um, right. He actually tweeted at me or, or texted me. Uh, essentially, you're wrong. Achievements are ruining games. So, Ains, you have Mr. <laughs> Hope. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of impressive that your dad has an opinion on this topic. Is that, was he was he just was he just being uh, contrary, or is this actually an opinion? Oh no, he's got more. I mean, I I, I don't want to let Dad take over, but hello. Can we have uh, his dad? dad on the show, please? <laughs> yeah. I'll be gone next week. Bring him on, Senior Hope. Who will experience the joy of discovery now? That was always the best part for me. Preach it, Senior Hogue. 
<laughs> I don't even know if I want to have a follow-up opinion. I'm just, I'm so impressed. My dad would like punch me in the face and say that I was a, a loser for playing games and not know at all what a PBR. So your your dad is sounds dope. What the heck? I don't know if we talked about like my origins on all this, but my dad was the one that brought me into gaming back in the day. He awesome. had the tw Atari 2600. He had the Commodore 64. He oh. had the Intellivision. Um, and then that went all through CDI, 3DO, Turbo Graphics. Uh, so he, he loved that stuff. And then that was passed to me. Um, and now I mostly wow. tell him about things that come out, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's got opinions on discovery and achievements. So there you go. There you go. Wow. CDI. Wow. That's a those. system I haven't heard of in a very long time. My, my oh, yeah. dad only yeah. has opinions on bench pressing and violence. <laughs> so it's my. Let me think of Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Actually, he hates Fast and Furious. This is real. He has no joy in his life. This poor we're back, man. We're back to the rest um, Anyway, uh, that's it's Mr. North, or as I call him, sir. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I, achievements. I. I also kind of have a problem with, I, I guess, achievements, but it's really not achievements. It's more the guides, the you know, the the way that people interact with guides, which I, I think is what we're talking about here. Uh, it's at least related, right? Which, um, uh, you know, Dan Stapleton is a guy who uh, we had. A, I had a conversation with this a couple of weeks ago, where he tweeted, you know, how do people play a game like Elden Ring and not use a guide? And what he was referring to was a mission where. Uh, it's the one where you have to find Blade the Wolf, which uh, if anybody knows that, it's like you kind of have to figure it out by talking. Dude, I found him on my own. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I, I also found him on my own. But to be fair, I found him on my own like 60 hours into the game. I was sort of like, <laughs> it, it took me way longer. And, and Dan just looked it up and sort of like found him at oh. the time you're supposed to. It was to my second playthrough, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So I, I found and it I'm on just my first here with 35 hours in saying question mark. I don't correct, know. Correct. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> he, his, his sort of argument was like, all right, so I had to use this emote at a certain place and a certain time and stuff like that to solve the quest. It's like kind of obtuse. And I, I told him, look, I play games completely blind. For me, it's part of the experience. And I think we just had a difference of opinion. And, sure. and the the um, the way that I think of it is it's it's people who like to build the Lego set according to the instruction versus just like to build whatever they want with Legos. And that that is another kind of medium that has like a hard divide on what people what, what people see as, as fun. Some people like to follow the instructions. Some people like to just look at a guide and go down the uh, go down the list and, and then complete their checklist. And I do think there's a certain amount of satisfaction out of that. It's just not the way I get my kicks in games. Personally, mm -hmm. I like to. I like to just dump all the Lego bricks uh, onto the table and, and make something my own. And that, that to me, the discovery is part of the games. And so um, I do think that there's people who wouldn't be gamers right now if there weren't for achievements. And so if it's bringing people in and giving people an opportunity to kind of to get into the, the space and find their the thing that they think is fun, I don't think that's wrong. And so uh, mm -hmm. for me, it's like, I would never want to do it when people use guides. I sort of raise an eyebrow, or if they're just running through the achievements, I'm kind of like, really, you find that fun? He but again, you I and thinks you lesser. I, I, I certainly judge you, but I also judge people who just build the Lego sets according to the instructions and then glue it together. And I think, like, to me, seen. that's not that's not the way that you do Legos. You know what I mean? Like, that's just that's that's uh, not what Legos are about for me. But I, again, I, I don't I don't think you can say it's ruining games. It's it, it has brought a lot of people into the medium and, and gotten people to play games that they wouldn't normally play. And I think that's good. They, they found they found something that is fun for them. So. What's funny is I think Fair. that 
it, it's it's both, right? Like I'm an explorer type, like that's what I like, but I do think there's a line that you can cross. And I'm not saying Elden Ring crosses this because I, I didn't give it that hundred hours of time um, where it does become too obtuse, right? And usually what I think of as the example is, you know, Castlevania two, where you have to kneel for seven seconds by a rock that doesn't look <laughs> like anything to get picked up by a tornado right. um, to, to advance the story. Like there's 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 some level of, we want you to buy the strategy guide or in now the internet land, we want you to check things out. We want you to interact with a social environment. We want that to be a part of your gameplay. <laughs> we want you to be reading notes and things, which I don't like to do anyway. I, I, I so dislike guides. I don't read notes in these games because I don't, I don't want to know anything about what anybody's saying, which is of course part of the design. So I'm doing it wrong in some functional way, but I, I think that there can be places where it can get just too weird. Like, I don't know what the clues are leading up to an emote in a, in a forest at a specific time or whatever. Uh, but, and, and you can tell me whether it makes sense without a guide, but. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's something you have to discover, but it isn't the most like clear and probably a lot of people will miss it. I think uh, what Ains and I would say to that as response is it's okay. If you miss it, like yes. missing things is also sort of part of the adventure. You don't have to get it right the first try. And I think some people have a, desire to get everything done and see it all on the checklist their first run and that does take away some of the discovery well, some of that's and, time i mean like to me sure. it's okay i want to get the content these people put in here that i paid for and i have this amount of time to get it done i don't have two runs of elden ring in me i don't have 180 hours before i want to move on to the next thing or i have to move on to the next thing and so I, different people just come at these things in different ways. And to me, it's so easy to ignore achievements or trophies or whatever that mostly what I'm interacting with on those, I think they pop up. And I'm always interested from a, like a sociological perspective about like on the Xbox, which ones have the diamonds? Like, like what, <laughs> yeah. what are people really not doing in this game? And then I feel bad for like some indie that I'm playing that's like the first achievement for like passing the first level has a diamond. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's not working out on Game Pass. <laughs> um, and, and, and so I like that kind of aspect of it. But mostly I'm, if, a, if it's a game I enjoy, I'm ignoring it. And then I get to the end and I see how close I am to like, what else do you got going? Is this achievement ridiculous? What, you know, should I finish this? And most of them are, are stupid ridiculous. Like, I don't want to engage with your game for that level. Um, but and Apparently Elden Ring Elden is actually Ring. one of those games. You have to play like New Game Plus Plus. It's like like I played a 150 hour playthrough, did like everything, you know, killed all 200 and whatever bosses, and I don't have them all. And then my brother was like, "Hey, I just did my New Game Plus Plus," and he he sort of was like the guy who follows the instruction booklet, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. So dear Lord, man. I mean, somebody just beat Elden Ring in like less than 13 minutes. I saw that, but they, they yeah. also they're despawning the map but, and but stuff. That's, so, yeah. that's the yeah. point, though. I mean, it's everybody's trying to do something. They get everything, but it gets something different out of them. Achievements are the what you get, or trophies. That's fine. If you want to, I said I reject the, the hypothesis. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I think. You know, I play just to waste time, basically at this point in my life. You know, and just kind of take my mind off everything else. And actually, <laughs> video games are just kind of an escape for me. You know, when it, when you get down to the end, I think Dash said it. You know, you you kind of just do everything, and then you kind of clean up maybe with a guide if you want to, if you really need those. Yeah. Or not. Like I have one achievement left in, or trophy left in Horizon Forbidden West, and I refuse to get it because I hate the stupid mini game. I was gonna say it's gonna be the machine together. strike. Yeah, it's machine I, uh, strike, and I was like, no, I'm not playing strike. this. You're not doing this to me, buddy. I'm not going to yeah. fall for your, your ruse. Machine strike is great. Don't listen to Dan um, on this. <laughs> yeah, hey, there's there's more than one one uh, way to play a game and enjoy Indeed. it. And, uh, I like to think that um, most people don't use guides or, or anything like that, unless they get stuck. You know, I, I think probably the average the average gamer is not somebody who like 
looks at the guide their entire playthrough and just only does that stuff. They probably just they Google something when they run into a wall and they use it to help them get over it. Yeah. I think, you know, that's totally valid. Like some people don't like the experience of just like being stuck somewhere for a long period of time or not figuring something out. And I get that. Like, you know, I, I would never judge somebody for using it, but I do, you know, I raise my eyebrow at people who are just looking at the guide and going to the checklist. Cause I'm just like, I mean, you do you, but I'm like, you know, again, you know, I would say yeah. like, oh, I've played enough games and I should be able to crack something pretty quick. Oh, or at least at a reasonable time frame. And then it's like a timer runs, right? If we get up to like two hours or something, I'm like, okay, so I'm blaming you, Mr. Designer. What in the heck is this? Yeah. And, then I'll, and, yeah. I'll, and then I'll wield it back if like they say, it's like, oh, I'm dumb. Okay. Or it's like, nope, that was unfair, chief. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it is unfair. Yeah. Or there's a bug. I hate that, oh. especially, especially when you're reviewing games and you have no idea if it's like, intended or it's like something is yep, going that's the right. worst you have to ask the developer like yo what like is this supposed to be happening and then sometimes they'll just tell you like yeah you're dumb here's how you solve it and other times <laughs> oh, they'll be like yeah. oh no that's not supposed to be it but yeah well my, that's my my wife's joke for me is because she's she sat around me playing games enough that when i get stuck it's a, it could be it could be a bug it's probably a bug uh, it's wow. like, well, every every your, single your time wife is in your corner. That's beautiful. Yeah. She 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 doesn't trust the game more than she trusts you and your gaming skills. So. <laughs> she likes to make fun of me saying that. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of good commentary there. I think uh, you know people obviously have a lot of opinions. It was just it was running through my head because I obviously have friends who are trophy hunters and uh, achievement hunters, and and like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. It just it, it was uh, you know just something I was thinking about. So we we'll can move on. We had on at some point. I have 25 texts from him. <laughs> it's a, it's a running commentary. So back in the beginning, you had to write the author to get unstuck, which was fun. It's very true. Awesome uh, term he used for like infographics games, you know. <laughs> We've got a few super chats to get to, and uh we do have member. If you remember last week, we closed. Gecko gave us a super chat right at the end that we said oh, we yeah. talk about this week. So let's go through these few super chats we've got, and then we'll answer uh Gecko's question from last week as well. I thought about my answer, by the way. If you need me to go first, yeah. okay, cool. We've slept since then. All right, Kyle, with the $5 Super Chat, thank you, man. Me and my brother were kind of speaking about this with Tunic. There is no way you 100% that game with no help. The obscurity from the devs is bananas. Yeah, I've, I've heard the same. Bit. I've only played yeah, it's Tunic. It's school of design, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've only played it okay. briefly, So, uh, but I've heard there's a tons of hidden stuff that, like, yeah, you're not you, finding. You, you say that? But someone had to find that stuff organically. Someone made the guides, and his name was Brandon. He works at IGN, and the dude is a legend. He, he, dude, I have no idea how this guy exists as a human, but he'll be like the guy who just like discovers all the secrets and chronicles them before the game's even out. And you're like, dude, how are you a person? And he's just like, one zero one zero one zero one one zero. He's the game like me. He's crazy, dude. He's crazy. If you have a conversation with him ever, you'll it'll open your mind. But I agree, like probably, you know, 99% of people aren't going to find it, but someone has to do it. And I think that's a, a fun part of the that's cool. experience. Somebody very cool. Tal, thank you very much, brother. Uh, appreciate that. By the way, Doug, 1229 here in Korea. And I just got to say, I don't know if you're cursing at us, Doug. It yeah. looks like you're yelling at us, but it, I, hopefully it just says good morning or hello or good night. I'm not sure. but uh, yeah, My Korean's a little rough, but I believe he's saying that we're all very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I appreciate it, Doug. That's awesome, man. Um, <clears throat> Chris, $5 Super yeah, Chat. Yeah, $5 Super Chat from Chris. Thank you, man. 
Uh, Elden Ring, I love this game. Thanks for helping Ains. The community is great. Yeah. That uh, lack of comma and thanks for helping Ains like makes me wonder, are are we did somebody help you? <laughs> Were you We're always trouble? helping Ains? Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it, Chris. We can do it. And Fat Boy Horror with the five <laughs> that pounds. Five I'll pounds. get the mix up. Yeah. Papa Hogue with the television for the win. Nice. Yeah, Papa Hogue in the house. Is your dad also a lawyer or not yes. a family? Yes. Oh my yes. God! Please, we yes. must have him on. We Dude, must have him on. we gotta have we gotta have both Hogues on, and me and Travis will act like uh, Ace Attorney, and we'll just let you two battle it out. And me yeah. and Travis will just make funny faces and ex Ah, I can't speak. Uh, comments, crazy comments. That'd be great. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Rick sounds thrilled about that. Was that was a hard no, I think. <laughs> no, no, I love my dad. I don't I don't I don't know why he would be up for something like this, but I will uh, I'll talk to him about it later today. <laughs> Too funny. Appreciate the super chats, guys. And then Gecko's comment from last week. Obviously, I can't pull it up because it's not in our current chat. But his comment was, What is and this is for the chat as well. We can kind of share this one and I'll pull up some answers. So go ahead and answer in the chat. I'll take a look. What is the worst game that you actually enjoy playing? So you, you thought about it, Travis, go for it. You said Destiny last week. I did say but... Destiny last week, and I still kind of stand by that. Like, if, <laughs> if you're if you're going by the goodness of the game versus the amount of time I've spent playing it, the Destiny time is way oversized because <laughs> Destiny at times has been like a five or a six, and I've still, you know, put time into it. I actually had a friend over uh, yesterday who uh, – I actually had never met him before. He was like a friend of a friend. But he was like talking about his Stockholm Syndrome with Destiny, and we were like, why do we play this game? It's crazy. Uh, we ended up talking about it for a really long time. But uh, um, I can't in good faith stand by Destiny because it is a pretty competent game at, at times, especially right now. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with uh, Earth Defense Force. Uh, that is a game that like legitimately, it's just, it's just bad. Like by any metric or, you know, measure it, it's got a frame rate that goes to like 11 frames per second. It, it's story and writing and voice acting is just like bottom of the barrel, just terrible, terrible stuff. Um, and yet it is so fun. Uh, I really, the first one I think was earth defense force 2017 with Xbox 360 game. And like, I ended up playing that game for like dozens of hours because if you play it with your friend it's like it's like watching a really like campy cheesy movie that you're just like cracking up at the whole time and that game you know it barely runs really stupid game completely poorly balanced but damn man you got you got a friend in it and you guys just kind of like watch the frame rate rock itself to three <laughs> frames per second when somebody fires like a missile off or whatever and it's there's just nothing like it so i think i reviewed like uh Earth Defense Force like 2042, which was like one of the sequels. Mm-hmm. And I ended up giving it like an eight or something, even though it was like, I say in the review, like, dude, this game has so many problems. And yet when I look at it, you know, as a whole, it's just fun, which like, isn't that the point of games? Like even despite all of the problems it has, it's just a fun game, even when it's like not working on you half the time. And so uh, some games can be bad in a fun way. It's kind of a personal preference thing, obviously, sure. but uh, sure. Earth Defense Force for me is like one of the all time greats. Like you get a friend over and play one of those games and uh, you guys will be like roaring with laughter, even as you're just kind of shaking your head and going like, what is this? Like, how did somebody make this? and think it was going to be uh, a good product. So that's my answer. Earth Defense Force. Good. Right. Nice. 
Well, yes, as it uh, turns out, I think I can answer mine pretty easy, easily. Ains, I've actually shared a screen with you if you if you want to post. It. I don't know if that's going to throw off all of our good stuff. So uh, uh, we don't share just stuff over, it over our faces. He's done that. Before. Put it right over. But um, so as it turns out, I, I'm a big fan of early '90s full motion video video games. Amazing. Uh, this, a, this this was this was a point in time when video game developers and publishers were experimenting with the video form. Uh, and I love them all, basically. Your Sewer Sharks, your Mad Dog, McCree's. Uh, but what I settled on for, for the worst one that I actually love uh, is an adventure game here in, I think, uh, this is the PC box. I think I played it on 3DO primarily, uh, called The Daedalus Encounter, starring, of Tia course... Carrera? That's Tia Carrera, absolutely. <laughs> starring, of course, superstar Tia Carrera. This was about the screen that you got to play on uh, and essentially, you were investigating an, an alien spacecraft, um, and it is cheesy. It is terrible by all rights, uh, but certainly as a teenager playing these games and exploring things, it was it was decent science fiction, and it was something new in video games. So I love all these games. I love Seventh Guest. Um, I love uh, Double Switch, Night Trap. Um, Night uh, there was Trap. A game on the, Just CD called It Came from the Desert, where you fought giant ants uh, that were attacking a city, much like Travis's pick, actually. Um, nice. And so, Daedalus Encounter, check it out. One of my favorites, certainly acknowledged by me as objectively terrible on a kind of fundamental <laughs> level. Also, one of my favorite games ever. So, Daedalus Encounter, check that it is. out. I don't even think you can check it out, but that's my pick. And, and then I'll, I'll kill my, I'll kill my share here, but. Yeah, that's awesome. I, can, I couldn't I can, properly convey it without some pictures. No, that's really cool. And, and I got to be honest with you, I don't think we've ever used this screen share feature on our yes. stream here. We've never it's done kinda it. It's kind of cool. It well, is. I like to do it in stream. If, if it's allowed, I will do it more often. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know me. I, virtual reality, I love my slides. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, though. I hadn't thought about full motion picture or full motion video games in a while. I did buy that Night Trap uh, remake they did for Night PS4. Trap. Yeah, I still have that. Uh, sitting Night there. Trap is the funniest name for a video game. It sounds like oh, like I could sing a song, man. I know somebody Night put trap. like four seconds of thought into it. They're like, "What if? <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. What do we call it? Well, it's a trap. It's at night. <laughs> trap. Night Trap. That's it. Well, a Double Switch is the better version of Night Trap, um, but it's uh, it's a little bit more complicated. So check that one out too. That one's also got a whatever anniversary it was edition on your modern consoles. So and yeah. it stars. Uh, Wait, really. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll play Double Switch with you. I should stream this stuff. <laughs> it's uh, No, I have every FMV game that they remake. I don't much care for the, the very slow choose-your-own-adventure kind of full-motion video game that they make right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these games had at least a modicum of, of gameplay because you had to switch between cameras um, and, you know, trap various things. Uh, Double Switch had the advantage of having multiple traps per room and you had to know exactly where they were going to stand and then not trap the, the good guys and all sorts of stuff. But that starred Corey Haim um, and had like a, a decent, terrible plot. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that there was the well, there's the one that I can't remember the name of in um, Aliens Attack, a town in Texas. Um, and that's that's fully full motion video. And like all of the tutorials had like this army guy with a Genesis controller uh, <laughs> explaining the buttons to you. And then when you lose, he cracks it in half. Um, yeah, great stuff. I could go on and on and on about this. And I didn't even include like adventure games of that era that were doing light full motion video stuff. So you have like um, a hell, a cyberpunk adventure with Dennis Hopper. 
uh, and all these things. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I, we'll have an episode. I can just talk about full motion video games from the nineties. It was, uh, but yeah, yes, it, it'll it, be it, the episode it, that your dad is on for sure. We'll <laughs> tell him, we'll tell him to bring his lawyer slides as well. There we we go. Where we discovered we could do full motion video and then everyone was trying to incorporate it into games because it was the cool thing. Well, there's some strong successes. I still say Wing Commander 4 is a strong success of that form and adding to a video yes. game. I, I couldn't, I, that's, that's like my favorite use of it, but it, I don't think it's terrible. So I didn't want to use that as my yeah. answer. Command, oh, and wait, <laughs> Command and Conquer. Yeah. Uh, we oh, got a bunch of uh, classic. We got Outriders. Uh, we've got, <laughs> this is in the chat. He said Nerf Legends or Crossfire X. Nope, those are not games I enjoyed, nor should anybody even try to enjoy them. Uh, Sark says uh, Destiny. He said Halo Infinite would be a close second. Fair. Kung Fu Chaos. Doug, going back to the original Xbox, one of my favorite games on the original Xbox, Kung Fu Chaos. Uh, a couple people said Spec Ops The Line. It's a good one. Um, Final Fantasy. Game, game though? Story. Really? I think that's a that's bad, a bad game. game with a good story. Spec Ops The Line is a bad game. That's exactly what they said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and uh, someone said all the Sierra Quest games. Good shout out, Doug. The Quest games. Were Did you awesome. just wait? Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on, Doug. Did you just imply that the Sierra Quest games are horrible? Because <laughs> we have we have a problem now, Doug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good games. They're good games. Uh, Dan, you got one for this? Yes. I, I go back. I mean, I go really recent to say, hey, how about Cyberpunk? But I, I won't because I really, really enjoy that game, regardless of how it launched. Um, it's, <laughs> I know it just makes hands mad. Um, but uh, you remember the 50 Cent game? It was like Blood on the Sand. Yes, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that joy, so much fun, and I, I had such a good time with it. But I mean, it really wasn't that great. I mean, when you you know now go back and look at it i'm just like god i can't believe yeah. i did this. you know how much that game goes for i'll look it up if you you try to get a copy of that game it's like 200 dollars. really i saw that i think i own a copy on maybe i'll take my answer back then i guess this is yeah yeah people crazy. like it because it got like uh didn't it get like fps boost or it got something on xbox recently which made it more playable but they you stopped can't, making you can't it play the digital yeah, yeah you can't yeah. get it so wow. that's funny man Funny enough, mine's gonna be mine's gonna be kind of a funny one given the history of this show, but it's the only one that came to mind because I gotta be honest with you guys, I play so many games and I, I don't really play bad games. <laughs> like if if a game's bad, there's so many good games, like I don't yeah. spend mm -hmm. playing bad games. Yeah, um, there's like a limited amount of time in the world, and then when you see like a portion of something, you say you gotta kick it to the curb when it's not working for you, isn't that yeah. that's right? Amy. Yeah, yeah. It's like fast and furious. You know, you watch it, you're like, This isn't good, and you just kind of get rid of it. Um no. No, but, I, I you. but I think my answer is seriously going to be Anthem um, because Anthem objectively wasn't a very good game, especially at launch. It, it, the, quest line, the quest lines were crap. The There was a lot of filler quests. The story didn't make any sense. There was a lot of bugs. Um, I, I actually had one bug where I could never finish a quest. The character would just disappear when you try to talk to him endlessly. Um, it was a mess. And yet I enjoyed the hell out of that game. The yeah, game of that game was just so fun that uh it, you know we've joked about it endlessly on the show but it just disappoints me every time i think about it that they didn't do that game justice did um, you review it i did dan did what'd yeah. you give it yeah i think it was a seven and then i re-reviewed it later on when they came back and like fixed a bunch of stuff and i don't know if i i don't remember it, yeah i don't remember either it's been a long time I but like everything yeah I, i'm 100 percent agreement there it was it was everything 
I wanted it to be and nothing I wanted it to be. It was like one of those games where it's just like, what happened? Like the end game content was non-existent. There was, you know, the the weapons were all the same, you know, and then they came out, you know, and they're like, oh, we're going to fix this. And then six months later, they kind of did some stuff, you know, and, and then it just died. You heard about some expansions that was, you know, some pirates and some other crap and that never came about. It's really kind of sad. I still love that game. I still have freaking money in Anthem <laughs> currency sitting in that game. I got to use it before. Wait, really? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, you didn't even know that game had in, in game currency. That's terrible. It did. I bought 50 bucks worth yeah. of it because I loved it so much. They were ready to be a live service, Travis, except they completely weren't. Yeah. Correct. That's that's <laughs> every live service game when it launches. Yeah. Which we're going to touch on more uh, shortly here. Yeah. You gave it a seven. You said there's a lot of qualifications and then you revisited it six months later and you basically said, I cannot recommend it. Uh, <laughs> that's about right. Just for the record, since I do have my, my contact here texting me, uh, that name of that Texas game was Ground Zero Texas on the uh, the Genesis uh, CD. Sega, 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 CD. Sega CD. Wow. So I don't Ground Zero Texas that. is also my name for Texas. <laughs> yeah, just as a state. God. San Franciscans, <laughs> am I right, people? <laughs> oh, man. All right. So finally, we can move on now. Uh, currently playing, guys. So why don't we you talk always about have these musings and little things? You say, we'll talk about this for two minutes. It's 1145. I know. I know. I know. I know. It, well, then you remember, it's a light said, news week. So, yeah. yeah, it is a light news week. Before we went live, I said, I'm not going to bring this up because I feel like it's going to go for a while. And look what happened. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you didn't tell us what you weren't bringing up. I thought this was the other thing. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, what are we playing? It. So I have an important question for what are we playing? Okay. Can a Lego game be game of the year? For sure. Uh, yes, but not in a year where Elden Ring released. Uh, well, it was released. We we already we already talked about my feelings on Elden Ring. I think Elden Ring's great, Ames. I'm glad you love it. I'm glad you love it. <laughs> Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Well, wait, wait, wait. You, wait. you asked, can it be game of the year? You didn't ask, can it be my game of the year? No, so, just generally. Yeah, I think yes. critically, yeah, Lego critically speaking, Lego Lego's games, not going to win. I usually put in a bucket that says, "Yeah, this is nice." Um, and Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is uh, the future of Lego games, uh, in in my opinion. It is a massive, massive upgrade to what they have otherwise put out there. Now, I don't know if they can keep it up, especially off all the stories of how long it took and everything else that they poured into this game. But Lego Skywalker Saga has been uh, addictive. Fun, great to play alone, great to play with my kids, sends up the Star Wars movies fantastically. And then on top of that, they have like 38 of these, what I'm going to call Lego Dimensions worlds. I know Lego Dimensions was only out for like a couple of years, uh, but it's they take these areas in Star Wars and you can run around for hours and hours and hours in any one of them doing cool little environmental puzzles solving things my my littlest loves to be bb8 and and roll around and we we do these things together uh and get kyber bricks and and roll through it is fantastic like they've solved it like i've never really engaged with a lego game to that level i, I get you know it's a, it's a little boring after a little while um and it's not more complex really i mean we've got classes we can talk about things on a video game reviewer basis uh, but if you like star wars heck if you like any portion of Star Wars, two thirds of it, say, you're going to be happy with this product. Um, it is 
it's fantastic. It, it, it's going to be on my game of the year list. I don't know how high it's going to get, uh, but it's just such a good experience with a video game um, that I, I couldn't be happier with it for basically anybody. I do think you have to have a love of Star Wars. I, I think that tilt gives you a strong push towards loving it. Uh, but it's, I, I had to explain to somebody that I was talking to yesterday who was just ignoring it, saying, hey, you know, we've done the Lego games. I was like, eh. They, they needed to make it more obvious that this was like an evolution. Like this isn't yes. Lego games as they have been. Um, and I, I don't know that they accomplished that, especially since this is whatever, like Lego, Lego Star Wars five in terms of releases, I think. Uh, so they, they maybe could have done a better job of that. But for those of us that have followed it at all, this is not the Lego Star Wars is that, you know, this is not the, the remakes of the originals. This is brand new stuff. Uh, and it's it's fantastic. I love it it's to beautiful. death. I'm gonna I'm gonna violently agree with Hoke on this, um, without the caveats of only two thirds of it being good. I I, I think, um, yeah, if if you're a Star Wars fan, it does does so much to kind of like hug you with it with it and just a lot of like jokes and it, I I think Lego just works best when it has a reference point, a, a touchstone mm-hmm. that everyone kind of relates to because you feel like you're a part of this inside joke. And the more you know about Star Wars, the more Lego kind of like plays into the like little bits and like they have a lot of meta jokes. jokes. Yeah, yeah, a lot of meta jokes. They, they have a reference to, uh, what was it I saw the other day that it's, uh, oh God, I can't remember it, but it's like, it's like some deep pools from like Star Wars, like stuff that's only tangentially related to, uh, to the Star Wars universe. And, and, uh, some really, really surprising kind of like material in a kid's game. But if, if you are kind of like not, if you're holding off on it because you think it's a kid's game and it's just sort of going to be like, you know, the games you played before, like, don't, don't do that. Buy this game. It's so good. It, it, yeah. it is like, it blows my mind. Like I hope has sort of already said all the things I wanted to talk about, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, a love letter to star Wars, all of star Wars, which I actually think is super important and a, and a healing moment for some star Wars fans <laughs> who maybe, who maybe now will have a, a slightly more positive opinion of the franchise as a whole. Um, yes, I think and, Lego uh, wrote them better. Okay. Um, <laughs> terrible. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that that is uh, yeah. If you, you should, you should play it if you have any love of either star Wars or uh, these, these Lego games. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't got played it. Yeah. <laughs> nope. It's, I feel like is this is gonna be. Yeah, I love Star Wars. I was gonna I say you're a huge hate, Star Wars fan. Yeah, I hate Legos. Like I hate every what? Lego game that's ever come out. But like the concept, because it's a different game. It really is. It, it really may be. Is, yeah. You know, but you know, I also feel like it'll be five bucks in like a month and a half. So I'll wait on that one. You know, <laughs> somewhere because Lego games typically just drop in price. Like. Crazy, I'll let you. Really I'll let you borrow my disc, Dan. Nope. Can't do it. <laughs> I literally had to clean out the dust in my disc on my series. <laughs> day, I was like, man, this is never going to get used. I yeah. uh yeah, I picked it up. I, I I meant to bring over if you guys didn't see the the steel book that you could get if you pre-order from Best Buy like more than six months ago. Like I pre no joke. I pre-ordered this game in June of 2020. Is that the, like the carbonite one? Yeah. The mm-hmm. Lego, like Lego Han in, in carbonite. It's really cool. It's sitting over there by my TV. Um, but it's um yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I haven't put as much time into it as you guys because I've been addicted to Tiny Tina, which I'll talk about. Um, but I do have a few hours in it. I started we we joked in our DMs like where did you start? And I know both of you guys started at uh, uh release order. 
A release order, yeah. Well, I, use I, the, I use the very normal order of four one seven eight nine. That's really weird. <laughs> yeah. So I actually said, okay, you know, I, I, I'm a Star Wars fan, but not like you guys. You know, I just like Star Wars. And I was like, you know what? I'll just play through this. This is going to be my casual game for like a year. You know what I mean? Like when I've got nothing else to do, I'll just play this for some fun. So I was like, I'm going to go in uh, order. So I started on Phantom Menace. And I was reminded pretty quickly about Jar Jar Binks and some of the horrific, uh, horrific stuff there that drives me, uh, uh, that annoys me. But yeah. I am really enjoying the game, as you guys said, even early on. There's just so many cool little references and jokes and humor. Um, there, I have a some of the the controls are a little finicky to me, but that's a nitpick. Um, you know, uh, I, it looks beautiful too on next gen. Like you don't expect a Lego game to look this cool. You also don't um, expect a Lego game to have like pretty decent third person shooting mechanics with like a cover system. It's super decent. weird. Yeah. So so funny enough, I went back. We we sat through me and Bert, funny enough, sat through the producer demonstration with the producer of the game at E3 in 2019. And we did a video afterwards. And I went back and found it this week and watched it. We filmed that in June of 2019. And uh I listened to it. And one of the things we talk about in the video was kind of what you and Ho were saying is that and we talked about last week, which is a new engine. It's like a, a, an engine that's built to be more open world, and that the shooting mechanics were designed to be much more freeform not like the old lego games where it's just an auto shoot here shoot there it's more like an actual game now um, and, I, and i think that that adds a lot to it especially for someone like me who i don't have that diehard love of star wars drawing me in even though i like it like i said but because it's more of a good game uh i'm really enjoying it so it's it's yeah. definitely it's definitely good it's significantly more of a game I, I feel like you had to ignore that a little bit because they were really made for kids in the other yeah. lego games because they've always been creative with their humor and they've done yeah. a good job at that. They've always been creative with some of the stuff you could engage with in a level. And then you put that in something that I think all four of us can recognize as more of a game, <laughs> more yeah. of what we expect in a modern level. And it's just, it all comes together so well. And then you, one of the things I joke about, or I've, I've joked about talking with others on, is like, I really like the economy of how they've set this up because they have 400 characters to put in front of you. And they have all these ships and all these missions and things that, uh, there's reasons to try to get the, the the studs and then there's essentially investments you can make to increase your stud rate and like holding out for, I, I love, it's got a push and pull. And if you love star Wars, almost all of them are, are super cool. Somebody's in chat asking is Babu Frick in there. Yes. Uh, very tiny Lego person. Um, and, and they do that. They don't, they, they, they have these missions to open up the possibility of buying characters um outside of this outside of the storyline so when i say there's like worlds you're there's environmental puzzles there's also little missions that you can do for these things and like i, I could just tell you one of them was i wanted to i wanted to fly around in the death star that that sounded like fun to me and that's a mission that you get to actually go find the death star plans that takes you to another planet you fight a boss they all have dialogue you bring it back and then you have the right to buy the death star um and like yeah. that's that's throughout there, i think there's 1200 bricks alone there's 250 yeah. missions. Like it's enormous. I played it's it massive. every day, and I think I'm at 22 percent or something like that. Um, and it's 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 just really really well done. And yeah, I love their new engine. I, it's one of those that I noted because I would love to see more game developers do this. It is aggressively changing resolution depending on depending on what is happening in a way that I think works perfectly. Like they they manage their frame rate in all but a couple of places that I have seen, and 
it just it, it'll, it'll just change your resolution. It works best with Lego because you don't you're not really caring that much. And when there's little on the screen, it'll come up to full. But it aggressively does that and keeps that smooth feeling throughout. So it's a it feels good. It feels like a well polished Nintendo game. I, I'm reminded walking around these things and finding bricks. It's like getting moons in uh, Mario Odyssey, and some of them are that easy. You know, <laughs> they could play being like, well, yeah. you just have to you just have to find out how to get there uh, to get that brick, get that moon. Um, but others are more complicated. So I, it takes that design element from Dimensions and from Mario Odyssey and then has the normal kind of Lego game. Each each movie gets five missions, and some of them are the more long-form working through a level mission. Some of them are vehicles. Some of them are bosses. Um, I, Phantom Menace, I actually think, is a terrible place to start, uh, having played it, because it has so many of those are vehicles mm-hmm. um, that you don't, you don't get into that zone. Um, but even between those levels... Uh, even between the official five levels, you're going to do something that's potentially level-like because they are dedicated to actually walking you through the major beats of the movie. And so if there's more than five, you'll have a sequence where you walk through the hub world that you'll you'll get better access to when you're free-playing, but that you'll do something in that makes sense for the plot to get to the next level. And so there is walking between cutscenes and walking between various pieces of things. It's so smartly made. I just love this game. I couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest fear is that I'm not going to have time to complete it because it's so massive. I'm just surprised how much they could fit in. But yeah, I'm going to Well, they have a special point that says, no, you can't, you can't pull this lever. And it shows the percentage of the full game above it. And I'm like, okay, all right. Uh, they love to do that. They've done that in a lot of their games too. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why I said this game is one that I knew was going to be massive because we got the preview of it and they talked about how big it is. And I was like, well, this will just be my fun game on the it's side. For the foreseeable future, you know what I mean? Like, I'll have other games I'm reviewing or playing hardcore, but then when I have an hour to just sit down and veg out, it's a perfect game for that. Perfect. Yeah. It's so fun. Well, I've been doing right now is, all I've been doing right now is bouncing to Yavin 4, just collecting things for a little while. That's the only one I've done, and we've done it for hours with me and my girls, and I think there's 38. I mean, I think that it's that size of game. Mm. So. so Ryan in the chat says, how long to beat? I guess that site says 16 hours to beat it, 33 for completion. That is a lie. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're talking that about. That is a lie. And I'm pretty sure how long to beat also has like 30 hours for Elden Ring. That's just all. It's such a lie. I think, I think the, the main is probably right. If, if how long to beat is just going through all nine movies, they're probably about two hours a piece, give or take. Um, so you're, you're looking at like 18 hours um, for that, but it's, it's like nothing. You're not going to go through and get everything out of those levels the first time. They've got hidden challenges. They've got a really cool system talking about economy that says, essentially, we'll show you that there's a mission here. or We'll tell you the name of a challenge. But if you want to know what that is, you owe us 30,000 studs. And like, it's just anything that you want. So like, I found out how to get the Death Star because I said, that's something I would like to focus on. I don't know how to even trigger that mission. So I asked for it. And it's like, well, you need to play through, you need to play through this and you need to play through this. And then you need to talk to this person and then you'll be on your way. Uh, and it's like, okay, so you do those things and then you, you go down the line and you can do that for anything, which I know I'm going to have to buy because some of the challenges, which are mandatory to, to finish these levels are obtuse. It's, it'll just be, it'll say something like starring role. It's like, okay, <laughs> what do I have to do there? And so my first goal has been to get my stud multipliers up, um, and, uh, and get more money flowing in. So it feels like I'm playing like a sim city or a civilization okay. game we got to get that economy rolling better <laughs> that's a good that's a good hint for early it. players then yeah. yeah well cool yeah i i yeah i really enjoy it so um 
awesome. We've got some super chats to get to. Let's uh, sure. we missed. Uh, we missed Hassan's right at the end of our. I know what he's referring to here, of course. Yeah, Aiden's delivering the big T. <laughs> he's yeah. talking about Anthem and anytime Hassan's was always in our Anthem conversation because he felt the same way about it. So he threw that up just before we got into the Star Wars talk. So Hassan, thank you very much, sir. Uh, let's see. We got Cerebral Paul in the house. Yeah, with the two dollars. There it is. Dan is wrong. That's not surprising. <laughs> what was that even referring to? He was referring to about, about, the, Lego stuff? about the Lego games. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not wrong. That's pretty wrong. Nope. <laughs> Paul, I think Paul just likes to point out the moment in the show where Dan says something that he disagrees with, which it, yeah. I appreciate the dedication to that, honestly. It's always inevitable, but yeah, it's just a question of how long. For sure. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Good to see you, brother. Gecko back hey, in the house. Gecko again. They really cranked up the Lego humor as well. The intro cutscene of episode six had me in stitches. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't seen enough of these, but I hear from many people like some of the cutscenes are just hilarious. They have, they have some wonderful stuff in them. And I think what works better is they, they really start to look a lot like the Lego movies. Now, I mean, they're, they're, they're right up there real close to kind of full fidelity so they can get more emotion out. Uh, most of the voice actors are good. Uh, they, went, they went super weird with baby Anakin. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's good stuff. And it'll make you laugh. And especially if you recognize that so much of it is meta. I mean, like they comment on like JJ's direction of Force Awakens. They have Palpatine say, I wish they would have called you Kira to Ray, um, which is like a deep cut from the original treatments of the script. I mean, like yeah, they see, do I that throughout. I wouldn't even have known that. Yeah. They do that throughout. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Gecko, as always, man. Appreciate it. And Dan, or Don, excuse me, Lionheart. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, $5 super chat. Thanks for adding legal to your spiel at the end of the podcast like i suggested ain's officially worth a sub to the channel <laughs> thank you sir appreciate it don um <clears throat> yeah we'll we'll keep that going going forward then we'll keep it going um uh one thing we did forget to mention which uh peter in the chat htk our brother's over at uh uh gosh i'm, I'm blanking right now guys but he said no online co-op is a serious bummer next level uh -huh. gaming I actually I don't, that. I, I don't really mind that, to be honest. I wouldn't use it, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. I just feel I feel like it would it would kind of change the the vibe. Isn't it online co-op? No. no. And I yeah, I don't know. I is just, there ever? I mean, I don't honestly yeah, know. Yeah, there never is. Yeah. No. It's, all, it's always been uh, you know, second controller next to you, and it, it says that aggressively at the top. You well, know, the interesting I, part about that is the old Lego games, which is now the, the first 80 are the old Lego games and now we're in the new Lego game era, but the old Lego games actually had some of the cooler split screen stuff that would, uh, that would allow you to split off and then combine into the one. They, they had a cool little engine for that. This one is just straight up. You're, you're separate because it's much more open-ended in terms of view because they've prioritized no pop in and doing things with the resolution. So it does come down pretty good on, on two player, uh, but it's, you always get your own view. Yeah, yeah, before before somebody uh, goes in there and says, Travis, why are you trying to take away options from players? I honestly just think that like that would introduce a lot of problems. I, I don't think it would feel good to have an online co-op in Lego because there's so much that's dependent on like the host player and kind of like it, it it's just in the DNA of the game. I think it's really like it's a couch co-op or or you're going to have a bad time. That's just how I feel about it. Like, I just don't think it would have been fun. The, the online co-op mode, there's just too much of, uh, without g going down a deep rabbit hole of like the way that the game is designed. But, uh, 
yeah, I, I just think uh, I, I just don't think it would have worked. I'm not really convinced it would have. Yep. By the way, our brother uh, Beast Mode uh, said several minutes ago when we started this conversation, final hurrah for TT Games and Lego. By the way, 2K has the license now. Yep. So, in case you didn't know that, so. they're gonna they're gonna do cool stuff with that engine though. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, there's a lot of investment into it, right? Like you wouldn't do all that investment if it's just going to be for a one-off game. Um, so we'll. They we'll might see. not have known seven years ago or whenever they started. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah, <laughs> but you. Yeah, I, I think their 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 engine is probably. I'm, I'm actually super excited to see what they do next after this game. So. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. The hell of so. a last hurrah. Also, I have a feeling that Lego will be back. I don't think oh. they're getting know what they're getting into yeah. with 2K. <laughs> yeah, Lego's not going anywhere. Um, I want to quickly just mention because I know I talked about it last week, but I, I I binged a lot of when I, all my spare time this week was spent on Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderlands, and I, I I'm going to say that uh, I don't even think it's a rare opinion anymore because I see more and more people saying it is that I think Wonderlands is the best Borderlands game. That's what uh, I said. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. And I, I'm at a point now where I have every single thing in the, I've 100% of the world. So I had every single die. I have every buff, every shrine completed. And I'm in the end game now doing the chaos runs. Um, and it's just like, I think Borderlands 2, you're never going to really, well, maybe you will at one point, but they haven't topped Handsome Jack, right? And I, I think there's some of the expansions in Borderlands 2 that are just incredible. There's a lot of Borderlands 2 that's incredible. And I think that it's going to be hard to top. But if you look at the game as a game holistically in terms of just fun to play, humor, and especially the, um, the gameplay design as it relates to classes and loot design, Wonderlands is the best that Borderlands has been. And uh, I'm just I'm digging the hell out of it, man. And I, I'm so excited to have more time to uh, just kind of really start on the end game and looking for the uh, the chaotic loot and all that because I'm a, I'm a loot hunting nut. Um, but it's just like it, it, once you got to the end of the story, I, I finished the story and everything. And and it's just really well written. And they did such a good job with Tina in this one. Um, it's just it's just a joy. It's one of those games that just makes you smile. Um, and it's just fun to play. And I think uh, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Well, no, it's interesting with the conversations we've had, because I also consider Tiny Tina to be in the delightful category with Lego Star Wars now. It's that kind of just, I am happy um, playing this game. And so that's that's nice to get, especially back to back. I Tiny Tina got thrown in the bin for a little while as I've been Star Warsing, uh, but uh, I'm definitely going to go back to that one because I was enjoying it so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I like I was I was you know last week I think I was like a, a third through it or something I was really enjoying it and it I think it starts a little slow in my opinion um, the first mission or two but then you know the the once you get to about the middle of it the levels start to get a lot bigger and expand and and the latter half of it and the writing with Will Arnett as uh, you know kind of the big bad and and all this stuff and Tina kind of you know she's always interrupting your game like we said last week but it gets bigger and broader towards the end and it just the loot gets incredible. The loot design and the, the build diversity is just, it's excellent. It's just really, really well done. And you can tell that you can see that it's from a team at Gearbox that has been working on Borderlands for 15 plus years now, right? It's been that long or about yep. that. Um, and the, the whole kind of like end game design and keeping players engaged has been something they've evolved over the course of these games. And you can see that Wonderlands is the culmination of those learnings. Um, and that and that's just fantastic to see. So, love it, love it. If you like Borderlands at all, 
and you've debated getting this game, you're missing out. Absolutely get it. So, Dan, I think we asked last week, because I know you've played Borderlands in the past, but you weren't playing this yet? No, I'm literally only playing MLB right now. That's right. I did jump into that. I did jump into that, Dan. Yeah, that's that's all I've been playing. I got my call up. Nice. And, uh, immediately, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, that was that was exciting. It uh, looked exactly the same as last year when I got called up. Um, uh, basically, just panned around me for like you know, did like a three sixty you know view of the stadium. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's basically. Oh, oh you know what else I was playing? I was playing Far Cry Six because they added a bunch of new content that I, I had didn't know it was there. So. Uh, Danny Trejo, some Stranger Things stuff. Oh yeah, Rainbow thing that was that. amazing. But Far Cry, like one mission. Far Cry, yeah. Six. There's a Danny Trejo mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw the DLC. They kind of went wild with it, um, but I yeah. haven't gone back. To it. Was it good? Yeah, it was fun. The, the Rambo mission was probably my favorite. You meet some guy who's like a huge Rambo fan, and he's got like Stallone bus and like like all the official stuff, like you know. Uh, and you, you, I think you finish a mission, you get like a special weapon, which is his bow and arrow with the explosive tip uh which is ungodly powerful in that game uh and uh it, it was just fun it was a good time it's basically a super fan trying to get like you know all of his stuff trejo does like you know he's trying to make tacos for the yarns you know uh far cry 6 has an eclectic tone yeah it's really weird the, they just that's, it's quite the sandwich of horrifying torture scenes and goofball uh, plot lines. It's uh, I, I like Far Cry Six a lot, but man, oh man, is that a weird? It's, out, it's out there. It I is. think they dove into it, right? Like they said, here's our core story, right? Which is more right. serious, as you mentioned. And then they know, like the goofball stuff. They're like, we're just gonna go head first into it. Like, why they even hold to. At this point? <laughs> they had no Herc in this one, so it was it was it was Herkless Far Cry, and yeah. So this is this is nice. This makes up for it a little bit. That's cool. Um, and the Stranger Things crossover wasn't that free? I think it was free. For all of this stuff was free. This is yeah, all the stuff that, they added. The, the paid stuff was the ones that Travis was reviewing for us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, you got to review sure. that? But it was semi-decent. You're not allowed to review semi-decent stuff. Uh, I think I gave last one a five. I wouldn't call it semi-decent. Okay. He really hates that reverend. <laughs> yeah. Oh my you god! You get to review Wonderland, so that's not too bad. That's true. I just all the comments to Travis's review of like you don't get the character. Yeah, <laughs> You're a I, don't get, I don't get. I don't get the the douche character in the yellow aviators. That dude, I I I I don't understand. I I honestly thought everyone was sort of on board with the Far Cry Five villain being like the worst one, right? No, he's not the worst one. Real? What was the worst Wait, one? Who would be the worst? Yeah, no, it's I, not three. No, three. Pagan Min's not great either, but I don't know. Yeah, Pagan Min I wasn't big on. Um, really? No, I like him. I don't like yeah. Him no, that's the bottom of the podcast here is an agreement here. I thought it was better than five. I mean, th- I think most people think that three is the best. Va- what is Voss, Correct. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and the father is kind of middling. I think people think he was. Oh, people so- were. People yeah. love the father, apparently. People got very yeah. angry at Travis. It very, very mad at me. me. For saying really? his char- yeah. I, I, all I said was that his character was sort of just like a pair of yellow aviators that just says like religious nonsense at you. And they were like, Oh, you don't get his character. He was so deep and rich. And I'm like, really in far cry five, he was deep and rich. Cause I played that entire game and I was like, this guy's kind of no, lived on the lieutenants, the lieutenants, yeah, the lieutenants were way better. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, like I thought that the guy who played him, I thought did a good job, but yeah, he the way that he was written in the game wasn't much unlike Troy Baker as pagan men. 
Yeah, I think I like Peggy Min the best. Yeah, because yeah. he's so well, he's so well written though, Ains. Like he's like he's he's like in your life the entire time you're playing that game. Whereas I felt like you deal with the lieutenant so much in Far Cry Five that by the time you get to the end of the game, you're like, who is this guy again? Like really, like you know, I don't, I didn't feel a connection with him. And then the absolutely like terrible trying to redeem that character in the uh, what was the the game uh, New Dawn. I didn't he played play New Dawn. Dawn. Oh my and god, I, New Dawn! New Dawn! They make him the good guy after well, he, he does right, all Travis. the atrocities. It's he crazy, right. dude. He yeah. was trying to save everybody. He was right, Travis. You see, that's what that's what they went with. The ends justify the means. Murders he did. He was totally yeah. on point. You know, oh morality in modern uh, entertainment media sometimes gets a little wonky. <laughs> yeah, dude. That honestly, I thought that was. And then what's crazy is he's like, not only was I right about everybody needing to die, and we had to militarize and do all this crazy stuff, but then if you if you hang out with him, you get superpowers. He like gives you a magic apple like from the Bible, and then you can like double jump and stuff like that. It's crazy, Ains. And so I was I was just like, all right, so. This DLTC takes place after he's been redeemed, and you're that's trying to put you in his shoes and be like, he's a good guy now. And I was like, dude, I remember what this guy did in the games. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not on board with this. He's a psychopath. That's so weird. The funniest thing that speaks to this is pretty typical of most games when you have a franchise that people disagree on, right? Elu says Far Cry 4 remains my favorite. I'll hear no slander against it. And sure. direct the very next comment is four and prime or the worst. I'm going to defend Primal. I like Primal quite a lot. <laughs> See? That's craziness. Hope. Wait, really? Craziness? Yeah, I do. You've lost all like wow. I'm surprised. I've, I've not heard that opinion. I would love to hear your take on that. Oh yeah, God. no, I think I, I think Primal was interesting, and I think it ditched some of the stuff, the tonal dissonance that I have uh, with Far Cry, because it was so focused specifically on the environment and taking out the gun component. Um, I really liked Primal. I, I like to see them do weird things. I mean, I like Blood Dragon. Did you um, like New Dawn? That was fun. I didn't like New Dawn. New Dawn bounced off me. Like, I wanted to see them be wackier, and it was mostly just the same as 5. Yeah, yeah it was. I, I, I just think the tone of 5 and the DLC around it is kind of like really I think Ubisoft storytelling often leaves something to be desired. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but Air Cry 6, despite its weird dissonance that you're pointing out, though, is sort of great. Like, because you get both. Six you is get, like, strong. Cool story. Yeah, six, is my, six might wind up being my favorite Far Cry. I, I haven't, I've gotten about halfway through. Six, um, I've reviewed six, and six is my favorite Far Cry. Yeah. Yeah. Six, See, I, I, think I, don't, I don't disagree with that. I just, I think that, yeah, I just don't like the, the villain five. I just, I, and I thought that that was pretty universally accepted that he was like one of the weaker ones and so i wrote that in my review and everybody acted like i was just like i was you know i said that you know for entertainment folks just go find whatever travis most recently reviewed and just enjoy the comments yeah uh, oh my god i'm i'm bracing for the comments (laughs) on my next review Uh, i don't even know travis do you read your comments or do you do you try to avoid them uh i i sometimes do but i honestly i don't care at all about the comments. yeah yeah Yeah, it's it, it bounces off of me so fast but i i most of the time, no. Most of the time, I, I don't even look at the well, You believe in what you wrote. I get that. It's just interesting to see like Zeitgeist because I, that was the one why, where I was also surprised. Where it's like, well, yeah, you, usually a lot of defenders people, of that guy. Usually when I read comments, it's because somebody tells me about it. Somebody goes yeah. like, dude, did you see the comments on your review? That's how I found out about the Far Cry 5 thing. They were like, people are defending the villain in Far Cry 5. And I was like, really? So then yeah, I yeah. went and I looked at them and I was like, Jesus, I had no idea people were stands. I'm always surprised yep. at the stands out there. Um. 
I was going to say, you know, we, we, we joke about Ubisoft here and there, um, but it is nice. I've said this before, like we're talking about Far Cry 6 and all this stuff, Stranger Things and these other crossovers that they, they do all that for free. Like yeah. Yeah. we need to call out that not a lot of AAA companies out there are doing expansions or continued content in their game to that level, especially IP license content, which isn't cheap, typically speaking, yeah. um, for free. For well, the they have fans. an engagement model, right? So they put one of those out and then they'll have a Stranger Things pack or something like that. Sure. I haven't, I haven't sure. popped into the game, but they're, they're, they're running all of their games are quasi live services. Uh, yes. Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, um, and, and so they're still they're still figuring it out. I mean, I, I again, business lawyer. I like to see companies kind of be like, okay, so that that was not what we wanted to do with that Assassin's Creed. So let's try it a little bit differently over here in Far Cry Land. Yeah. Um, and so, but but they have a we want you to be coming back and popping in and reminding you that we exist. Right, our games we make are way too big. We know this, but we so when you played forty hours and you forget Far Cry Six is actually still downloaded onto your Xbox. Hey, you like Stranger Things? Pop back in. Maybe we get another ten hours out of you. And then also, wouldn't you like to look like this, or or whatever? So I mean, I, I think it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's just worth calling that kind of stuff out. We Absolutely got a super super chat from our brother Mo over at the Backlog Chronicles. Yes, sir. For the the four ninety nine super chat. Sup, everyone? Good to see the panel sexy faces after a couple of weeks. Cheers to everyone <laughs> watching. Also, Elden Ring still owns my soul. Sure. Do, do, do we get an Ains freeze again? Am I frozen? Ains is just, Ains is just yeah. being a postcard for us right now. Yeah. Oh my God! What is? I going thought on? I thought he was just very stoic. Is all. Yeah, that's what I. I was like, man, he's really kind of relaxed. And the funny thing, you can still hear me, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can still hear me, and everything's fine. All right, let me refresh. Man, we just have a bad lip sync, like you know, an old an older video game. I'll be back in two seconds. Maybe he will. <laughs> nope, he screwed everything up. I am Dan. I love baseball. I hate most things. This that's that is, that's really really, really good. accurate. Pretty yeah. good accurate. Yeah, that's that's yeah. simple and to the point. There you go. There we go. Good. All right, at least I know how to fix it quickly now. All right, audio listeners, sorry for the interruption. My video froze during the live stream. I don't know what happened. We're back. I always knew you were a puppet. <laughs> Are you? Never mind. I'm not going to say the comment that first entered my head there. Um, all right, so let's touch on Halo infinite not the tv show halo infinite season two we got the trailer this week we knew that it uh previously that was coming may 3rd so which you know being a big halo guy i hadn't realized how quickly time had flown here we're only three weeks away from season two launching in halo infinite and supposedly you know the longer wait out of the gate here was because they extended season one to six months rather than three and the the hopeful they haven't formally said it yet but the the thought prevailing thought is that you know seasons should be three months going forward so every quarter you would get a new battle pass so what we know that this includes is kevin that's what i was going to say and i decided not to but thanks for putting it in the chat um <clears throat> what we know is that uh it's going to include one new arena map one new big team battle map a new revised battle pass with more free unlockables and the ability to earn back the thousand credits or ten dollars in the paid path, very similar to Call of Duty and Fortnite That's and Rocket a market League. Expectation. They were stupid to not do that. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and new game modes. Um, 
There are, I can tell you among the Halo community, uh, the prevailing thought is these are good changes. Glad they're yeah. listening. They're, they're providing a lot of feedback. They've had two blogs in the past two weeks, which are very extensive, and they talk about a ton of different things that they're doing. Um, but there's also the prevailing thought out there, or I should say a, a, a shared thought that um, this is not necessarily enough. That if, if this is what a season looks like in Halo for three months, adding two maps and new unlockables is not enough. Um, and I, I think that that goes back to the challenges with development that we've talked about extensively previously that, you know, Travis elaborated on, which is sometimes, you know, the expectation is too high on how quick this content can be made. Um, but then you look at things like, you know, uh, I'll use Fortnite as an example where they are just, I, they're probably the Kings in the space right now. And I can, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, in terms of just delivery of content uh, fluidly and how quick they get it out, the extensiveness to which it goes, the licensing they do with all different franchises. Um, they have good I, lawyers. I, yeah, I, I no joke. I don't even pl I play Fortnite with Luke and Joe like once a week for like an hour. Right. I spent 12 bucks on Butt Stallion yesterday for my glider because Beautiful. I love Tiny Tina and Borderlands. So I was like, you got me, you know, I'm, I'm buying this. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But my point with, with Halo is they they seem to be um, moving towards trying to catch up, right? They know that this launch with Infinite didn't go as planned in terms of content delivery. They're behind the eight ball now. They're updating and saying we're moving into a position where we can more rapidly and better update the game. And if you weren't aware... Some of the data miners, the guys who really dig into the Halo stuff, have found some very substantial things that are supposedly coming to Halo Infinite, including a mode called Last Spartan Standing, which is very reminiscent of a Battle Royale. Um, yeah. This other big team mode that Certain Affinity is supposed to be working on, which is supposed to be like a new Warzone, not Call of Duty Warzone, but Halo 5 Warzone type mode, which is a big PvP slash PvE mode. Um, all kinds of new... Uh, uh, weaponry, vehicles, I mean, all kinds of stuff that's supposedly coming. <clears throat> the question, I think, is it, has Halo passed the point, and I think I know what you're going to say here, Travis, but I, I want to talk <laughs> it through anyway, is has it passed the point where the, the people who tried Infinite when it launched due to Game Pass and the hype around it, will they come back? Or, or, or have they kind of messed up this launch six months in God, it has been six months, hasn't it? Six yeah. months in to where a lot of the casual Halo players have moved on permanently. Can they recapture that audience to to bring it back to the forefront in the uh, in the multiplayer kind of realm? Yeah, uh, the history of all games as a service games would tell you that yes, you can have a second life and that people cannot play your game for a while and then we'll come back to it if if the content is good. I think it's it's really easy to look at a game like Fortnite and go. Look, Fortnite does games as a service wrong. Halo does it badly. Therefore, you know, Halo is worse than Fortnite. But it, it's important to remember, it took a long time for Fortnite to get where it's at as a game as a service. They they did not have a, a very good uh, uh, content delivery system when they launched. In fact, they, didn't they have like one map for like a year? You know, like yeah, it yeah. took them a lot longer to make a map and they weren't doing the promotions. I mean, the game didn't even launch as a battle royale. So no. like things things can change. Without yeah, so 
Yeah, and, and I want to be clear about that, uh, and I'm glad you said it because Donnie Skills in the chat said yes, but when Fortnite first released, was the content flowing out fast? No, it wasn't. No. So acting like Halo no, is it, the exception, was... and I wasn't saying Halo is the exception. That's that. Those for for sure, word. no, that's not the words that came out of my mouth. For, for um, sure, yeah. The, the, I, th I think I think Halo is. I don't know why this keeps happening, but we've yet to have a game as a service game that has launched with a good games as a service model set up under it before it launched. It just hasn't happened yet. Like. Every single uh, game that comes out as game of service, it stumbles in the opening months. And it, maybe that's crunch. Maybe it's just they're so busy crunching, they don't have a time to build a live service team. But like even all the success stories you look at, whether it's Fortnite or Destiny, they all took a really long time to, to get it. And I think comparatively, Halo's like pretty, they're actually like one of the better examples of a game as a service because they're they're learning their lessons quick and they aren't making as big of mistakes as some of the people who've come before them. So we'll see. I, I think that, you know, they, they still got a long, a long way to go. I'm skeptical that, that with their current model, they'll be able to deliver content in a manner that will keep people engaged, uh, you know, week to week, but 100% absolutely. Yeah. They haven't, they have a, another shot at this and they will also have a third or fourth shot if they stick with it. I think what we've seen in the past is that it really just depends how, resilient you are and how many uh shots you're willing to take because uh some people give up pretty quickly like anthem and some people stick with it after multiple years of failing and eventually uh succeed and it, it kind of just I, I i don't think 343 is planning on backing backing down on this i don't think they're they're going to give up and <laughs> just sort of say all right we're not we're doing halo infinite 2 or anything like that so yes um i think they absolutely have a chance to recapture it and also the, their initial launch was lauded as being incredibly good. The content that was there was good. It was more just that they didn't have, uh, you know, the more follow-up content. So I think people are probably, uh, will be excited to get back in there once they see some new stuff and they go, oh yeah, you know what, Halo Infinite, I had a lot of good time with that. Let's let's hop back in. So. I think the point you made about, um, is very um, <clears throat> salient, which is that, uh, you know, unlike games like, say, Anthem, right, which... BioWare was attempting for the first time. It was supposed to be this Destiny killer, giggle, giggle. Um, and they didn't really know what they were doing. Um, we know that 343 is not going anywhere. We know that Halo is not going anywhere. We know that the investment is being made. A huge investment has been made into this game. So yeah. I completely oh, and, agree. And, and uh, I, I actually, sorry, I had one more thing pop into my head, which sure. is that th there's actually examples at 343 of them sticking to it. Master Chief Collection. If you think that yeah, that game yeah. couldn't have had a second life after its disastrous launch, like look at it now. I mean, it's getting a firefight mode added. Apparently, they announced this mm -hmm. week the flood thing that they're adding. Um, yep. And then, like, uh, there, there's there's so many examples of like terrible launches, terrible game of service model turning it around. Like No Man's Sky is a great example where that game is now beloved by a lot of people. Master Chief Collection, I think a lot of people say, is like one of the better, uh, you know, kind of packages you can get in gaming right now. So to 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 say that to suggest that like it's not redeemable it was so bad like halo infinite had a really good launch and i think the fact that they didn't have a live service model set up is uh is unfortunate not the way i would have done it certainly but i also just live and and eat and breathe the uh, live service game and i kind of saw the writing on the wall as a lot of people did in the industry it's like all right well they don't have a live service team so i don't know how they're going to uh, keep this going after launch, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think um, the the argument that that they can't have a second life. I mean, look at Master Chief Collection. If you stick with it, you can you can fix it and, and earn people's uh, trust back. You know? And 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 to your point, um, 
it, it, to give credit where credit is due, they seem to be they're one, they're very communicative with their audience, right? With their fans. They're they're extremely transparent. Sometimes that can bite you in the ass a little bit, and it has for them. But there are people who many people who appreciate their transparency, even when it's not the news you want to hear. Um, and the other thing is, is that uh, I, I would argue, and I think you've said it, but I'm agreeing with you, is that they are actually moving faster than most other companies would do in the same situation. Um, and they're making changes more rapidly. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think that the, the, the kind of outrage that is among the portion of the Halo community, or even worse, the people who don't play Halo and just want to be outraged about something, um, <clears throat> I think they're, they're kind of missing the point and not giving too much credit where it's due. Now, I know there is the other side of the coin. There's a few people in chat I know that you know are disappointed in 343 and and they kind of uh, i think it was sark said uh lumping the show in with the disappointment of 3432 <laughs> which is a different different topic uh but you know all I the guess, fair i mean although fair, fair to look at 343 yeah. holistically sure um but i i yeah i think that um i think season two what they announced this week here i'll end on this and then i know rick and uh, dan will have commentary too but i think what it does is it shows that one, they're they're obviously listening. They they specifically wrote out tens and tens of kind of player feedback and what they're doing to address it, um, and it shows that they're willing to make the changes and improvements that fans, you know, players want to see from Halo Infinite. It's not everything right out of the gate, of course, but they're they're doing a good job, I think, in evolving the game forward. So that's where I'll leave it. What do you guys think? Well, first of all, I thought that was a good conversation, and I always yield to the to the real Halo fans here, and you and Travis. I, I would say that I have no faith in three four three as a company. Um, so I think transparency and communication is good. I think some of what launched with the Halo Infinite is suffering from uh, the the smartest person in the room syndrome. And if you actually look at the changes, at least as you just announced, I haven't read these blog posts. It's remarkable how often these kinds of different approaches and different things that they try to do with whatever it is, the battle pass or anything else, not just 343, but all these companies wind up wheeling into delivering Fortnite. Like like that the market expectations are setting certain requirements like getting that money back for paying for sure. battle pass and things that to me are pretty patently obvious. If you just had a person looking at the marketplace before evaluating what your economics are going to be and, and skipping that to me, is suggestive of a certain amount of ignorance or uh, a desire to move things in a different direction that clearly didn't work. And I'm just talking about like the meta economics of this, because I think Halo and all first person versions of this have have problems that maybe the Fortnites of the world don't have, which is it's much easier to sell third person cosmetics that there's there's it's harder to kind of break into various ways to to make this work, whereas Fortnite um, which is not my favorite game in the world, but I'm consistently impressed by what they can do with their content delivery. And yes, it didn't start out that way, but also we can't just pretend it's seven years ago or, or, or what, when you're talking about bringing in a competitor into this market, Fortnite exists, Apex exists, all these various things exist. You're playing in that pond now. So you should be taking notes. We see that throughout game development. We see that from great publishers and great developers say, hey, that's a cool idea. We're going to bring that in. And for whatever reason, because these companies don't necessarily have that live services experience that Travis talks about, then they they try to build it up themselves when, when copying each other's homework would seem to be where most of them wind up. And so I look at what you just said for Halo. I don't see myself going back to it, 
I, I have a certain amount of wonder about whether or not Halo works as something that can drive live service engagement over the long term against everything else in the market, period. If they had everything working to the, where they wanted to, whether that actually plays with Fortnite that has more general audience uh, uptake or whether it plays with the three person, the three player games uh, that are you know popular as well. I don't know. I liked Halo, you know, back in law school, uh, but I played it. I said, eh, uh, and, then I, and then I bounced out of it. But that's just me. So if it can find an audience, I think that's great. And I think it's good that they're listening because that's the most important thing. But in terms of their delivery, and we don't have to bring up the TV show, but, you know, I don't, they, they've got many we'll hands in different it. pots. Yeah. And I think that every single thing that they have put in front of me, I have thought lesser of them for their capacities to actually make something that I personally will enjoy. That doesn't mean I'm the only person that is judging these things. That doesn't mean I should be. Um, but, you know, I, I think four to five to infinite. I know you disagree with me on this. I don't want to fight on it. Uh, but <laughs> that, that I think it's essentially a downward slope of constantly reinventing what the heck our story is, what our game is in a fashion that isn't conducive to evolution and making something better the next time. Um, so I hope that that has changed. I hope that they're going to graft on more on infinite and that they're going to do these various things. But I, do I see somebody coming in and hanging out for three, four, six months for two modes and a battle pass? Not really. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And I don't have much more to say on that because I'm not going to be engaging with this product more. So I, I much prefer, you know, your, your opinions on that. But from the economics, it's like, yeah, of course, yeah. of course, you got to give the battle pass money back. That's how this works. <laughs> yeah, you said a uh, you said a couple things there. I'd like to touch on one. I like your reference to grafting because that was obviously a Nelden Ring reference. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> but you did mention around uh, copying each other's homework, and there's a, a market expectation of how certain things will work in these games. And and you were speaking primarily from a monetization standpoint, which is not only true, but they also missed the mark on things that are non monetized in the game. For instance, launching without any sort of progression system. System. it's just baffling like yep. it's baffling how, how do you launch a, a halo multiplayer game with no progression outside of a battle pass battle pass is not from a profile perspective what players look for for progression <laughs> right they just interject really quickly i sure. it's it's so funny to, to hear you talk about lack of pro progression because yeah one of the things that halo had right off the bat was a ranked competitive system which is something i've been trying to get in destiny forever i'm trying yes. to will it into existence so like it's anyway but I, I agree with you on the whole but like they do have some progression systems they do have ranked yeah if you're yeah, ranked. ranked ranked is ranked is, god do i wish we had that in destiny Jeez, uh but yeah it's kind of funny right one game yeah. gets one thing right the another game gets one thing right and just Dude, please I, put I, those like, together. I, I actually think ho get the nail on the head is like why don't companies steal the model from each other like yes. we've seen what works and it's just ev every single game as a service launches having <laughs> not built the infrastructure to support the game as service and i, I i'm wondering if it's <laughs> just because they're waiting right. to see how it reacts to the initial game before they build up that whole team and infrastructure i don't i don't know if it's strategic or if every every company's just stupid and not well, it's not a purely anything. creative endeavor, right? So, I mean, the weird thing yeah. about live services that game companies have been getting to is that you really are bringing in the financial folks and you're hiring economists and things yeah. like that to help function in this. And that's not <clears throat> that's not how should this level be designed? What does the flow of gun bullets look like? And that's that's a new interaction. And what I would be willing to bet is they look at something like Fortnite and, and something else and says, well, <laughs> what? Why would we give a thousand V bucks away? I don't. I don't understand. That's not driving engagement because they don't have all the analytics. Nobody. They're, they're not sharing them around. So they say, I don't think that's driving things. So let's put it out there without it. It's like, oh God, it was. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> 
But and, I think so, <clears throat> you want to make more money. So the financial folks come in and say, well, this will cost us this. Because, I mean, if you're, I say I play Fortnite and I do, but I, I don't know that I've paid for a battle pass in two years. I just flip it. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, I, I think it's the smartest man in the room syndrome. I really <laughs> do. It's like, we can make more money. They're doing it wrong. We're going to fix it and we're going to get more. And they're like, oh, okay. And yeah. I think there's a, there's typically a disconnect. I, I think people miss the fact when you look at uh, games that are this big and you talk about uh, gaming development companies that are bis- this big, let's not forget that I believe last check and someone can correct me, but three, three, four, three themselves. I'm not talking about contractors, other companies they work with, but three, four, three themselves are over 600 people, um, yeah. which is a big development studio. It's huge. And yeah. And you have within that, you have all of these different teams that are working on things independently and there can often be a disconnect of, okay, in video game development, it, there's a, this domino effect, right? Things have to align with many other things. And there can often be a disconnect with um, how things are designed and implemented. I mean, they've talked pretty transparently around um, one of the big, big silly complaints. It's not a silly complaint. It's valid. But it's it, theoretically it's silly is that in Halo, you have armor cores, right? You have a certain armors. And your cosmetics, your color, basically only work on certain ones. And it's like, well, who thought that was a good idea? Um, you know, you should be able to wear any of these armors and put your colors on. And what 343 tried to say is, yes, but they've been meticulously designed so that the colors match with certain armor cores, right? So it's like, we hear you. We are, we're going to change that for you. But the engine wasn't built that way to just allow any color on any core. And it's like, well, yeah. that's that's a fundamental problem. Um, that that What they're telling you is that <clears throat> this is a lot more work to change than it should be. And whoever designed trust, them. right? Like yeah. to me, that's like a, that's a that's an idea that dies on the whiteboard. I'm like, that's that's the trust to design. Why, exactly. why would you frame it that way? Exactly. Yeah. And then and to, it, to, it's funny. This is ahead. also a game as a service like pandemic. Every single game has like things where players are like, this should be so easy to to, yeah, to fix. developers explain (laughs) they just they just show all their cards eventually and they just go look this is why it's tough and then and then players are just like i just can't believe it's that hard like why that comes back to my what do i say all the time right it's not my problem i mean i i I like the the transparency for sure it's like i i when you describe that to me Ains, it's like that's that that's a manager somewhere says whoa that doesn't make sense someone should have stopped that way earlier in the process to say yeah yeah yeah. no no i get it to to 343's credit they also didn't say it's players problem you're stuck with it they're actually changing it they said that's the right answer that's the right answer no i and it's not i always say that and it comes across as glib and i say it mostly to bungie uh but it's (laughs) it's i get that i i i think that transparency is important it's just in terms of sitting here at the end, and I'm sure they, I'm sure they, they think the same, is that you go back to whatever five years ago, and you're like, how, wh- how why, why does our engine well, do that that way? That's <laughs> the point is that when you when you think about from an application dev, right, you think about requirement design. That's something where someone at the start, yeah. way back in the requirement design, should have For said, yeah. all skins work on all armors. Period. That that should have been a, a hard requirement, right? Not get to the point where the game is out. The engine doesn't support the colors going on different and then saying, oh, we've got to change this because now you've got to go back and you've got a whole lot of extra work to do that you shouldn't have to have had to do, if that makes sense. I, I also think yeah. that the uh, that the reason the uh, it was built this way, it obviously was intentional, but I don't think it was a game design thing. I think it was like, a, how, how can you monetize a game as a service thing? And it was like, it okay, be. well, 
you can create multiple skins that work on different cores and then you can monetize each core and then you don't you know it, it limits how much you can use like a, a color scheme if it's limited to that core I, I honestly think it was like a here's here's a uh here's the the monetization design team and they're going to design this service yes. thing which you know yeah. it is a it's a free uh service the multiplayer application so i i get that that some of that has to be designed around it <laughs> but i just think they they underestimated how much fans were going to uh, kind of balk at that and, and what i still yeah, say ripping so. it out of the package is your choice not mine so the fact that you For made sure. it free is not great for sure i mean they want they want more people to play the game i got it i and i I think it'll probably work uh on in the long run yeah and and you saying they missed uh, or or underestimated how much that would matter to fans goes back to hoax point of then you misunderstand the halo audience period for sure for god's sakes the biggest for four years this is not a joke by the way if you're not a halo fan you probably don't know this for four years in halo 5 the Halo community has complained that the undersuits, under, not, undersuit, the, not the armor, the undersuits are gray, not black. Jesus Christ. That's how yeah, serious I, Halo that, the Reddit. The Reddit has memes for years on the under armor. So, so much so that when they designed Infinite, they came out from the start before it launched and said, we have black undersuits <laughs> because they know. Was, I remember that announcement. Yeah, yeah they know that the Halo community is crazy with the details. I was going to say, so to play on 343 side for just a second, I don't trust them and that's fine for for me, but I I do not, uh, I do not relish dealing with a fan base like that. Very true. I have sympathy. I have sympathy for the Under Armour is wrong. Uh, So, okay, okay, 343. And and that's what, and that's where Halo fans like me try to, and and I know uh, OBM, uh, One Bad Mother from uh, Xbox Air is in the chat too, who's a huge Halo fan, runs, uh, you had me at Halo, a Halo podcast, please check it out, give a shout out to him. Um, But, you know, we, we, when we, it is a great name. When we play Halo together and talk about it, um, that's some of the stuff we talk about is like, yeah, we're passionate about it, love it to death, play it all the time and want to see these changes but that's where the line gets drawn right like it goes back to the whole have some respect for the developers and understanding and things um and one thing he said in in chat which i also wanted to call out which people often forget is that uh the one thing that gets overlooked often is how many diverse parts halo infinite has too they're currently building forge which as we understand it is going to be the uh, an incredibly expansive content creation suite. We certainly sold it highly. Yes. Well, and, and the, there's people using it now who I've spoken to. Yeah. And there's also a reason to believe them. I mean, they have yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they say forward. it's it's nuts. They have campaign and campaign expansions. They promise they have arena with full ranked and Halo Championship Series, um, big team battle and all these other game modes, map designs. I mean, it's a very extensive, expansive game more so than something like Fortnite, something like apex legends it has a lot more parts to it um go ahead uh no i don't i don't really i i, I was going to jump to Fortnite. it's Fortnite's a simpler concept but they're certainly doing more with it on a on a weekly basis at bare minimum um so for, I mean, it, for it, the modes they have they have one mode and they well they have no building mode now but i mean you have a map that evolves and you have a single basically gameplay style. There's no campaign. There's no content creation suite. There's no, you know, there's, there's a content n- creator in Fortnite. Not where you're creating your own game modes that the global players can play on their own map designs, like nothing like a Forge. Well, I mean, I haven't seen the new Forge, but I mean, there's definitely, 
there's there's a Fortnite creative that allows you to make game modes and things. That's how some get elevated up to the main menu. Understood. Understood. But I, it, and, I, it's not, and I'm not really saying that it's it, it's not a lot. I, of course, you say 600 people, and I, it strikes me and I say, yeah, you should be able to run a, a game that's mostly using the same engine and making some arena battles and you know hopefully campaign stuff eventually. You know, maybe with an ending. Um, and you know that would be that would be a lot of people for anything. But I mean, you're you're talking about you're talking about a real lot of people. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you on your premise that it's that there's a lot of moving parts uh, and things like that. Uh, but I, I don't I don't want to overly be generous to them because there's a lot of companies that make a lot of good stuff that have a lot of multiple applications that do different things with a lot fewer people and resources than three four three as it had put on them. Yeah, and 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 yeah. So to to clarify my words because. Uh, Joe in the chat said they have Forge. My buddy made a cyberpunk map. It's not that they don't have a creation suite, but what I'll say is when Forge releases for Halo Infinite, look at what you can do in Halo Infinite's Forge versus Fortnite. And I'd be thrilled. There's a very very different. I'm not in the bait. I'm not a special confidential Forge player. So they're talking it up. I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do with it. Absolutely. There's a lot of, uh, you know, it's easy to say we have a Forge. That's, that's, there's a very, broad level of content creation power and tools and the development that goes into that sure. in comparison between different games. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear that people are doing that. I really am. I, again, it comes from a place where I don't have faith and they're asking me to have faith. So it's, all right, when you show it to me, I'll be thrilled. For sure. I think uh, sure. whether or not you have faith in 343, which, uh, you know, I think we all have pretty strong opinions here, except for Dan on that. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think something we can all appreciate is that 343, they earn the bacon, man. Like they, they stay in it. They have one of the most difficult to please fan bases out there, as it you can tell. <laughs> as you can tell by the Under Armour discussion, like that. That they're they they really really are on them, and they've also had some of the biggest, most public kind of shamings in in Master Chief Collection, and they yeah, have stuck with it, stuck with it for multiple years, and put up with all of the vitriol and hate that they have. And I think that to their credit, like. That that gives me way more confidence in their game as a service because that's one of the biggest red flags with other ones is that when the fan backlash comes, you see this like recoiling internally and they're it. like they're not used yeah. to it and they're like oh like this isn't what the fans want maybe we should yeah, and and three four three is just unflappable they're just like yep yeah, we've seen it all before we know you guys are just gonna destroy us and light us on fire and we're <laughs> we're, we're welcoming that and we're gonna stick to it and fix it so I think that is like to me. Confidence in 343 comes down to that. It's like, I just think that they they have the the right bones and DNA to survive in games as a service. It's just a matter of them learning. And and I think- Well, they have that a they, very special relationship, right? They have a company yeah. that's worth trillions of dollars that really can't afford for the Halo brand to, to die. Probably um, not. Yeah. They, they, have, they have strong backing. Um, yeah. And 343 would, would still be 343 and in charge of Halo, regardless if you changed every personnel at the company, because Microsoft needs a company making Halo. Um, yeah. so it's a very interesting position. Uh, and yeah, you're right. You don't see, you don't see the Square Enix president's version of telling Crystal Dynamics that they were the wrong company for the job. For right? sure. you, you, don't, you don't see those kinds of call outs. For um, sure. but yeah, to me, I, I give them half credit because I think that's a good point. I don't think they had a choice though, with respect to the MCC that had to be fixed. And so what I see on the, on the, on the negative half credit side is, well, you hit the launch button in interesting places twice that I can see. Uh, and that's, all right, I, I, yeah. I'm not against them, and I'm, I'm all in favor of game developers, and I'm, I'm glad they're doing the work. I, I don't have faith in the product coming out. It's not the people. It's it's you know sh- keep showing me stuff. Um, and again, 
I might be the exact wrong person to ask, period, because the Halo Infinite just, just didn't work for me. Yeah, no, so. you definitely are. You definitely are. I, th I think they're, they're living in a world where they feel like they got the initial product right. They just got the model wrong. And, yeah. and they, Correct. they weren't ready. They so weren't go, ready not, go down that road. I mean, they, I, they you don't need to go down your game. Yeah, I think if they keep <laughs> if they keep the fundamentals right and build on the success they had, it's going to be great. But I think this whole, you know, the 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 stuff you see on the internet of like halo dead or because they didn't get the launch right it's over it's just like just look around that's just not true yeah yeah there's plenty of examples there so I mean, uh, and, they're way, and there's plenty of examples that are way worse than halo true. like 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 launched in a bad bad like broken state and and had a second life and even yeah. even at 343 <laughs> like just yeah. at that one company as a use case there's examples of that not being true yeah. so. well, I, I think you're exactly right that you can you, you the, the good content will be found especially in free-to-play land um and you know i have hope for him and i have hope for everybody that loves halo uh but it's, it's probably not gonna be me fair enough for sure um I know, Dan, Dan, I've been watching your face while we've been talking this because I know you've preached many times on the show. We were talking about copying each other's homework and, you know, the model. I know you always say the model is there like, you know what you need to do to be successful. Why didn't you do it? And I could almost hear you saying that in my head. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly <laughs> it for me. I mean, it's with anything, though. I mean, I, I watch my kids run into a wall 15 times. I'm like, you know, the wall's there, dude. I mean, <laughs> stop doing it. I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, well, you know, I'm sorry. You know, live service games. Making hard, games is not that hard. Sorry. Live service, not that hard, for sure. No, not that hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, not that it's your hard. problem, but it's hard. Copying the model is easier. Yeah, yeah, he means to see what this right. what would be successful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that's what I'm talking about. It drives me nuts. The problem with these live service games is that there's so many of them, and I've said this mm -hmm. before too. You know, you got to kind of strike while the iron's hot. Uh, I have no doubt that Halo will be fine and successful and will be whatever it wants to be. You know, but the the problem is, you know, you, one or two games comes out between now and when they figure their crap out, you know, and draw some of these people away. You know, it's it's a lot harder to regain that trust. Now, true the, Halo fans, those games have the same problem though. Right, that's like, the problem. Right, yeah. yeah they, Right, yeah. Well, you look at like Anthem. You know, it was like right there, and it was like, okay, they could potentially fix this. And then Division Two came out, and you're like, wait, this is way better in every <laughs> single way. Yeah. And and it was just like, you know, and then Anthem just went away. You know, and yeah. and there was a lot of other things I'm sure that went with it, but it just bothers me. What, uh, but what? I have really no dog in this fight because yeah. I, I don't play it. But that, that being said, if for some reason the they release a naked chief skin uh for halo 2 i will buy that and then play and uh whatever i have to do I will for the play halo for... tv show yeah, oh, the halo yeah TV it's, show it's the tv yeah. show pack it's naked oh, beautiful, i would do beautiful. it in a second yeah. it would be the greatest pack ever released even though you couldn't really see yourself which is fine but like other people could be running around you know with just like blurred out butt cheeks and you know <laughs> the front part whatever is there sure. um, i don't know uh so <laughs> do you think it feels like i know someone else said this and it feels like uh there's a missed opportunity there too you have halo season two coming out right and you have to be fair we don't know everything that's in the battle pass so i'll say that up front but you you have this halo tv show launch which you know whether you're indifferent about it or not doesn't matter it's still different i don't think anybody's <laughs> indifferent i think everybody has a really strong opinion strong about opinion. this yeah but i mean like you, you have this halo tv launch it seems like the perfect time to have 
TV show related content in yeah. your game. Do they not? Do they not even have a buy pack? That I, I do not show? think they want that. And also, to be fair, it's a separate studio. It's not it three is. four threes like I know, but it just feels like you could. You got to be careful at least because they're on the damn title sequence. For sure, three four three comes up in the titles. So yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're they're associating their goodwill with that um, product. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think you can call your show Halo and say that 343 isn't involved at all, the custodians of Halo. But I, I think that uh, probably with good reason, they're trying to keep them separate. And I don't think that that's a mistake, even if the Halo show was super successful, uh, just because it's not in canon. And I think it's got there it's will be a silver team pack. I guarantee it, Travis. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're not we'll seeing see. it anytime soon. We'll I think that show would have to be doing guaranteed. a lot better. We will say, we'll say, if you didn't know, the Halo multiplayer in Infinite is canon, and it's built into the the storyline. Has a story? Why aren't they yeah. strapping a story to it in season two? It like, does. It, it had a story in one. Yeah, it had a story trailer. We, we didn't see much of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's probably some story. Again, the data miners and stuff have found that there's some story elements and even cutscenes. That's what I resent that as a story uh, yeah. lover and not a particular Halo multiplayer. <laughs> like, uh, no. But, but shouldn't uh, that be shouldn't that be how multiplayer is? Wouldn't that be more likely to draw you in if they're if you you playing multiplayer had like a story end game? No, to I it? reject it. If you put the carrot behind something I'm not enjoying, I, I resent it. Interesting. Yeah. I guess I guess for those of us who are really enjoying the multiplayer, it's like, oh, this is next level. Like it's like Yeah, not, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Look, I go enjoy your Halo. But it's like for I want sure. more narrative out of what Infinite provided, and we're gonna put it behind a, a multiplayer mode that I, I just it's not that I'm, I'm kind of neutral towards it. I, I wasn't doing it for me, but I didn't hate it or anything. So you, you put it back there and I'm like, nope, I guess I'll go watch whatever the equivalent of my name is by explain to me what's happening in Halo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited, obviously, for, for season two to launch. New battle. I finished the first battle pass like so quickly because I was addicted to the game. So I, I haven't. That's kind of one of the weird things, right? Is like I finished the battle pass so quickly because there's no other progression system. Uh, there was, you know, I was playing for fun, which is fine. I, I'm of the mindset where I was just dedicated playing, but it should seemingly come at a good time. All of our first quarter kind of mad rush of excellent games as at least seeming to slow down over the next few weeks. We'll I see. Look at the rest of April. April looks pretty clean. As best yeah. I can tell. So. I'm excited Thank for God. Halo to launch. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's almost nice to get a break, which sounds weird. Like we used to complain <laughs> we wanted more more great games, and now we're to the point where it's like, can we just take a break? We got to swing back real. and finish can Tokyo and finish uh, Tiny yeah. Tina. Me too. And for those of us who are in the industry, we're not going to get a break because of all the stuff that's coming in June and that we have <laughs> does, to play does E3, April, uh, I, I'm going to say E3. It wasn't E3 time. What the June timeline pop in early for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it happens like beginning of May. So I've got like a two week break, but I'm still reviewing stuff and stuff. So like, yeah, it's going to get good. And also IGN is, IGN is sort of stepping up to uh, fill E3. Like we're doing our summer of games thing now, okay. which is sort of like IGN does E3, <laughs> but cool. digitally. That's great. I have some comments on how you do interviews with developers. I'll put them in the DM. For, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But th those, those interviews, I totally have anything to do with. Yes, Travis, please send yeah. it up to the top levels. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dan and Ryan. I stay, I stay as far away from hard news as I actually possibly can. Dan and Ryan are already already hate me because of my tweets. <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple other things, guys. We got some big games returning. So there was, uh, I want to say this, there was um, kind of big news out of Activision Blizzard around uh, QA testers and their jobs and stuff. I was going to touch on that this week. This week, I think we're going to talk extended 
uh, in an extended form about that. So I'm going to save that actually and talk yeah, about that's a bad um, yeah, between this week and next or, or whenever we're back on, I, uh, I probably have a video up explaining in virtual legality why they have to treat the Raven quality assurance folks differently now that they're under a pending NLRB election. So that'll, yeah. that'll probably be substantive help as well. Yes, exactly. So we'll, we'll let that kind of simmer for just a, a week till next week. And we'll talk about that more, but uh, we got a super chat from Mr. Gecko gamer is back. I want to get to real quick. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you again, Gecko. Again, again, and again. Uh, <laughs> is No Man's Sky the business model for live service games? I mean, uh, I no. I was going to say, I don't think so. Um, yeah, for one, for one, they're sort of like a, a half a live service game. They're they're really only live service because they launched in such a poor state and then had to fix it. So they're kind of a live service in the same way that Master Chief Collection is. You know, like say everything's free. Well, yeah. and I think you can't you can't yeah. run that as your model unless uh, what how, what is their employee number that they're carrying? Twenty exactly. It's yeah. very I mean, low. Wildly it's, different. Approach yeah, it's much smaller. Um, I th I think the successful models are uh, are. Um, Fortnite and Destiny, and and it sort of depends on whether you want to do small but constant updates or big but sporadic updates like Destiny. It kind of just depends on what type of game you're making. Um, and right now, it, it's weird because Dan was saying that that you know if you don't if you don't strike while the iron's hot, you have other games that come out and compete with it. That is true, but also it's not a zero sum game. Like every other game has the exact same problem. We don't have a live service game yet with five thousand employees where every two weeks we're getting a like significant uh, uh you know content drop and i think that is probably going to happen sometime in the future it'll probably be like 10 cent or someone who does this and they just have like this machine that just pours out every two weeks something but right now the best we have is smaller content drops that happen semi-regularly but don't have a ton of stickiness to them and then the other one which is uh uh large content drops that happen pretty sporadically but we don't have like a super games as a service goliath yet that's able to just constantly release content i think until we do uh the best use cases you have are are probably fortnite and destiny and those sorts of games so Maybe. i want to quickly mention apex too but uh, i know yeah, dan apex. dan has to take off early this week guys he's got yeah. an appointment with his kids so dan yeah we're actually speaking of apex that's where we're going we're going to an apex tournament nice that's awesome so, man i hope yeah, i hope they do well party. yeah i didn't know, I didn't know they played until two days ago so really? there's that just keep them from running into walls. They'll be fine. Secret yeah, <laughs> life of Dan's children. Yeah, no good. Well, thank you guys. And uh, thank you, Chad. And I will see you probably in a couple weeks. We'll see. What yeah, Dan's actually next away week. next week, too. So, yeah, a couple weeks. I'll be in NYC. If anybody wants to buy me some pizza, feel free to hit me up. I'll be at the Draper. I already talked to Cog. I, don't know, I told him we're getting together. So, nice. We'll see what Nice. Happens. Yeah. Um, awesome. But thank you guys. Appreciate y'all. We'll see you next. All right. All right, see you, Dan. Dan. Talk to you soon. I'm Dan again. Yeah, Baseball. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll switch to this. Oh, my cat is taking Dan's place, apparently. Hello, Darwin. Um, someone, so a couple of people in the chat mentioned Apex Legends, and uh, I think Apex has generally done a really good job in terms of keeping their fan base engaged. But I will say, in case you've forgotten, go back and look at the launch. And um, they, too, were another example where I'm going off of memory here. I could be wrong, but I know it was months and months. Yep. where nothing really changed and yep. they the first update was adding one character yeah the so, operator thing yeah i remember yeah, yeah they, so, had the, they had the same problem uh warframe is another like they use the destiny model very successful game but they have the large gaps where nothing happens and then something warframe drops. Was super slow out of the gate 
Correct. Elder Scrolls Online has a very similar uh, sort of situation. Diff a little difference MMO, Final Fantasy XIV, uh, excellent game, has also the same problem. And actually, that the game creator of Final Fantasy XIV tells you, just don't play my game. When there's nothing to do, go play he other did, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then resubscribe when there's content you want, right? Like, I, I just think, you know, there, uh, MMO, uh, is, is it a live service? Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, you know, it's sort of a you know, you're, you're splitting hairs, but it is, it is, I would consider live service. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, the example is very true. And I know you've said this, you've just said this recently, uh, Travis, but yeah, I mean, I, it feels like these teams, they, they focus on launch, they get it out. They have a general outline of what they want to do post launch and they come, you know, there's a lot of realizations and learnings that take place Yeah. and then they have and, to work and, them themselves into a rhythm. And it feels yeah, like and, that's where most of them go. 100% and 343's cardinal sin was uh, giving a roadmap with specific dates with on when dates. they wanted to drop content. Yes. And that, that is literally like every game as a service that's done that. It's been like, don't do that. It always <laughs> bites you. You never hit those goals. And then the players are like, you lied to me on this promise you made. Here's the contract yeah, I, I have. That's when I yeah. get the requests for, can you do for a sure. false advertising video? For <laughs> sure, dude. And it's just like, oh man. I can why talk to you about that? why it's not going to work, but sure, let's yeah. do a video. Why did <laughs> you do that 343? You've seen it. You've seen that backfire at every other game as a service. The, yeah, the closest one I've seen recently is Battlefield 2042. It's like, you are walking some lines. You yeah. really are. <laughs> There's a class action potential there for sure. That thing's a mess. Um, all right, so we've got Max Payne returning, guys. That was a cool announcement. Oh, this week. Uh, Remedy and Rockstar have come to an agreement. It's a very interesting agreement. Um, we've got the details on our site from their press release if you want to check it out. But the, the gist of it is, is that Max Payne 1 and 2 are going to be remade in the Northlight engine. That's Remedy's kind of premier engine that Control was made in. Um, and and Alan Wake remastered. Uh, yep, and Alan Wake good, 2. That's obviously coming. Good game out there. Um, so Max Payne one and two as a single product. So it's going to be a collection of the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, it has a triple a budget according to remedy that rockstar is funding. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, no timeline, of course, they're just getting started on this probably going to be a little while, of course, but really kind of cool to think about. And they specifically said remakes. They're not just remastering. I think probably cause Max Payne one and two are that old where, yeah, I mean, North you, Light, you need to remake it period. Yeah. You can't just like up-res them. Right. So, uh, I'm really kind of intrigued because Max Payne one and two were fantastic games for their time, really enjoyed them. And, um, you know, I'm really interested to see what comes out of this so it's exciting i hope they do it obviously justice and do it right but it's going to be i think the most interesting thing when you talk about a remake for a game that that's old is what do they adjust to kind of account for the um improvements that we've made in those types of games in the past 20 years um 20 plus i can't remember when max Payne one released someone can tell me um but Did it's a very long time ago two? yeah long time ago long time ago so uh yeah i'm just you know i'm part of the pc that's right. Yeah, it's true. So very excited about this. But um, Remedy's Remedy seems to be taking on a lot. They've got, you know, they've got Alan Wake 2. They've got Max Payne 1 and 2 now. They've got this deal with Epic Games. They've got, there's there's a lot going on over Let's there, hope it's man. better than Crossfire X. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got, they got some contractor work for their money, yeah. which, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if you had some money flow there that was going to help some of their other more important stuff. From that yep. kind of thing that's that's when you get you know sega sue and gearbox and whatnot uh but uh yeah no i, I look i think it's great i think first of all i, I think um it, it, it's you described it as an unusual agreement and, and i agree that the way they announced it is 
But if you break it down, it's a publisher agreement. Yes. Right? Rockstar was looking for someone to make Max Payne. They could have done it internally. They, they could have gone, you know, the equivalent of Blue Point and said, why not ask Remedy? <laughs> and Remedy yeah. said, sure. So they're, so Rockstar's uh, paying for the game to be developed. And then you see them describe a, a royalty back to, to get the, the money back. Um, and it's a publishing agreement. Uh, but it's great to have, you know, the original company doing it. Max Payne had some of my favorite stuff. Uh, it, it, for those that don't know and think it's just a, you know, gangster shooter, uh, it, it has a lot of fourth wall stuff. It has a lot of stuff that you, if you like Alan Wake or you like Control, is super, super weird that goes into, um, you know, I hesitate to oversell it, but like Norse mythology uh, in the middle of uh, all of the storytelling in that game. And uh, it's it's excellent. If you haven't played them, they're also pretty short. Um, so the, the putting them together makes a lot of sense. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if um, Rockstar itself releases a Max Payne 3 up-res yeah. uh, port at, at a similar time to take advantage of all that. Because Max Payne 3 is much bigger, much longer, uh, much more pretentious in the Rockstar fashion. Um, and, but it does, it does go with the other two games. So if you, if you're selling those first two, uh, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't release a, a, a an up-res of, of Max Payne 3, which yeah. I actually like, especially as, um, like a moment in time in Rockstar's development history as not uh, a Grand Theft Auto or a, a Red Dead Redemption and things. It's a, it's a very interesting little curio. Um, so I do recommend it, uh, as is a, it, as is a it rock? I was thinking, is that Rockstar's, so for history, Max Payne one released in July of two thousand one for Windows, and then two thousand. I was yeah, in sixth grade. God damn it! For and two thousand two for PS two, yeah. Xbox, and Apple Macintosh. Um, yeah. And a different version of the game. I did not know this or don't remember this. A different version of the game was released for the Game Boy Advance in two thousand three, which is. Sure, I think it's like over overhead, right? It's uh, it's no idea. No idea. Okay. But what I was going to say is Max Payne 3, was that the last game they made outside of Red Dead 2? And uh, It might uh, be L.A. Noir. Bully? Oh, L.A. Noir. It was L.A. Noir. Noir. That was okay. 2011. 2000. And Max Payne 3 was 2012. So oh, the last game, maybe? Um, well, it could be. I thought L.A. Noir was after it, but I could definitely no, be wrong. Before. It was before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. May 15th. But anyway, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. And I hope, to your point, we do get something with Max Payne 3 as well. Uh, that would be cool to say. <laughs> I look, I'm not running their business department, but when you're going to pay for Max Payne one and two to be made, uh, you, you might as well throw Max Payne. They'll do that. There. That's such a rock star move. Definitive edition. And then it won't. Yeah, really no, I'm not PC saying game. it'll be a great <laughs> remaster. I think you're going to get something like equivalent to maybe the Grand Theft Auto, uh, you know, three pack, but like yeah. just, just, you know, the up res version, the, the Chrono Cross. Uh, we'll just put yeah. these in categories. Yeah, you're gonna the frame rate will be worse than it is on 360. Oh god damn it, Chrono Cross. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Still Square cool. Enix, you, you give and you take away, man. <laughs> I actually I really like when we get these announcements that are completely out of the blue. Like yeah. it was like Tuesday morning, and they're like, hey, Max one and two, Max Payne one and two are being remade. It's like oh, Kingdom Hearts four on a Sunday morning. That's Sunday weird. morning. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to figure it out. Is that like a different? What what is think, that? Yeah, I think I think in Japan it's like Monday or something. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to. It's like it's got to be different in Japan, right? Because this is yeah. a super weird time for that. Well, you might, you might, we might as well segue to that. Yeah, so, segue. Sure. Yeah, so uh, just announced this morning, just like two hours before we started recording, was that uh, Kingdom Hearts is returning, not only with Kingdom. Did Hearts, it leave? 
<laughs> it's returning. Did it go anywhere? I feel like we just got a new one. Like, has it has it ever actually been here? <laughs> oh my god! Well, it's uh, been in our hearts. It has <laughs> been in our souls. It's been in our Kingdom Hearts. You guys, you guys. So we're getting uh, Kingdom Hearts four, which there's a trailer for, and there's also announced Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, which is going to be another iOS and Android game. Um, which uh, you know, no dates, of course. Thank God they don't put dates on this because they wouldn't hit them. Um, so we got trailers for both of these this morning, about eight minutes to watch them both. You can check those out. As I said, prior to the show and talking with you guys, I have no knowledge of kingdom hearts, literally zero other than no one does. other than the people who are even fans of this franchise know how convoluted and messy it is to get the story out of it. So I'll let you guys kind of touch on this. Are you, are you at least excited about the announcement? So I've been a Kingdom Hearts God, I, I, fan. I, I've played them all. I enjoyed the concept of the first one. I really enjoyed Kingdom Hearts 2. The way you said uh, fan and you were like, oh, well, so because so fan doesn't really work for this because there's a level <laughs> way beyond me. Um, yeah. But it's like I, I've played the games and I enjoyed them for the most part. I was very disappointed in Kingdom Hearts 3 which will already be upsetting somebody somewhere um, in, in so far as I thought that the story had gotten past them completely and that this, the Disney stuff was pointless and, and repetitive of the, the movies themselves. Um, and then if you actually go and watch this trailer, I do recommend it. It is uh, it's bizarre. Uh, you know, Sora is in a real city um, doing things that look like, the original trailers of Final Fantasy 13 versus like it's, it yeah, feels like they're that. they're working through some stuff about versus getting canceled um or changed <laughs> into 15. And I I I'm not excited about it remotely, uh, but I that's that's where I'm at at this point. They they lost me somewhere between the nine games uh that it took them to get to Kingdom Hearts 3, which was supposed to be a finale kind of concept, which I thought they totally whiffed on. Um, and so good for folks that want to play the new one. I will say the trailer itself, um, kind of aggressively defensive. Uh, and I know that sounds odd, but the way these trailers work that come out of Square Enix from time to time is they just give messages directly to the audience. And it basically starts out with, if this isn't the world you were expecting, get out of here. Uh, you're not, don't come join us here. This is what four is going to be. And then it finishes off with like, uh, and if you do take that step to get out of here, don't expect your old world to come back. Uh, like, like the actual message is, we're not going to go do what Kingdom Hearts was before. We're going to do whatever thing pops into our heads at this point in time. This is the new Kingdom Hearts. Get into it or not. We don't care. It's what we're doing. Um, and that, like that, that those are the lines yeah. that are selected. And that, and it's the it's the same kind of messaging you might have seen when Final Fantasy VII remake was announced, where it said, you know, we're making the promise now, but it'll be different, what'll change. And like that's all in the lines that they use. Very similar approach. They like to be passive aggressive and weird, um, which I respect. Uh, they're, they're, they're their own <laughs> company. But okay, you tell me to get out, I'm out. I the fact, you know, I, I as you were saying that, it was occurring to me that I'm sure there's a publisher out there for each of us, a major publisher, where when you see their games or you see their announcements. Um, they just kind of don't do anything for you. You pay attention to it. You 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 know what it is. You're knowledgeable on kind of the surface level of the subject. But for me, as I was thinking, as you were saying that, Rick, and I was thinking through whether it be Ubisoft or EA or any of these major publishers, 2K and obviously PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo, all these things, I was thinking to myself, 
if there's a publisher where every time they make an announcement, I, I read it, I watch the trailer, I, I want to make sure I'm knowledgeable on kind of what's going on, but literally has zero impact to what I'm going to play or do from a game perspective. It's got to be Square Enix. I, I have really no passion for That's, anything. Okay, so so let they me put do. mine. Let me put mine in context here. Square Enix releases probably my favorite games. Like okay. that's, that's what I love is, is Square Enix releases. But a couple of things. One, we talked about faith earlier with 343. I yep. never have any faith that anything they will ever show will come out on any time frame I consider reasonable. So <laughs> like, like you, you, you show me the magic in the making trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4. I'll see you when I see you. I'm not yeah. going to put that into something I'm excited about, period. I, I, I got a bit excited for Final Fantasy 16 when they actually said, well, this is actually pretty close to done. We're taking a change in approach from Final Fantasy 15. We're only showing this to you uh, when we're, we're confident it's going to be out pretty soon. And we're going to talk to you about it all next year. And then they didn't. Nope, and they sure didn't. Not soon. And then I and then I bit on the marketing a little bit. It says, well, Final mm -hmm. Fantasy VII Remake was built so we can use the engine. We're going to get parts out quicker. This is designed yep. to be Svelter process. It's three years ago, Hoss. What, what are we talking about here? So you have to put Square Enix in a specific bucket. But their actual releases, I mentioned Final Fantasy VII Remake, is my second favorite game of that year. So right. that's, they, they've released stuff that I like. Uh, sure. But outside of their little stuff, um, which does come out at a better cadence, I, I put it in a, I put it in a side drawer and say, sure. Now, I, I will give Kingdom Hearts 3 credit. When they had their initial announcement, when they also announced they were going to be on Unreal, uh, that Kingdom Hearts process seemed to be a lot smoother than anything they do with Luminous or anything that they work on on their own. Um, so my hope is that they continue to adopt Unreal or another engine. It's not whatever they want to use that that helps them out there because I think their internal engine process has really blown up some projects. Um, yeah, but, I was just, yeah, I mean, do you guys, it's almost like a, 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 a topic question. Do you guys have a publisher that, you know, they announce things and you just like feel dead inside? Like You, you said 2K. I don't usually feel anything for 2K announcements. I don't know whether yeah. that's their marketing approach or elsewise, because I like Tiny Tina and things, but I don't, sure. I, I, Midnight Suns, that was garbage. Like, I, I show it to me when it's done. I, that, that was horrible. Um, <laughs> Look at his face. That, you thought, uh, okay, I'm talking about marketing. The trailer that they put out, the music, the things that they're trying to sell you on for that game, garbage. Isn't it, it's an XCOM clone, right? It's a strategy no. game. It's, it's a, kind of like it's a superhero XCOM type. Have you game. played it? Strategy. Have you seen its gameplay? It's not quite XCOM. Okay. Well, okay, I, I don't know. I, I guess I guess to, to answer Ains's question, I don't I don't think I have a publisher that like every publisher's got something I like. There's certain games where I'll kind of be like, okay, let's move sure. on. Like you know, you know, PGA tour. I'll be like, all right, I don't know. Hey. I'm like, I'll hey. wait, wait for it to go by. Certain games, but publishers, I think every publisher has something I like. Um talking about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I've played them all. I've played the, the main line. I was going to say, when you guys yeah. say you've played them all, are you talking about one, two, and three or all? all? Let me, let me correct okay, so I've, I've at least played them all. I've played the iPad game. Not I've finished played them. all the mobile. I, I played the, the mobile adaptations. I've watched some YouTube videos. I'm trying to understand certain aspects of things. I, I, I don't, I don't believe them. I don't think that they, I have yeah. very strong plotting. It's whatever yeah. floats into their heads at the moment in time. So, so I've played all, all, a lot of the games, all of the mainline ones for sure. And I have not liked any of them. So I don't know why I keep playing them, but I, but I do. I, I think it's just. The premise is good. You're hopeful. You're optimistic yeah, hopeful. every time. Like, okay. 
you know, you know what part of it is like, I'm just such not the right person to, to it's not for me. Like I, I, I first saw my first Disney film when I was 18 years old because my childhood was just a barren wasteland. And, uh, I, you know, I We're like getting so little I, Travis lore in this episode. I like it. Yeah. 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 I, so I don't, I don't have any like uh, attachment to the Disney part of it. I think that's sure. a big thing I'm missing. It's like playing Lego star Wars without seeing any of the star Wars movies. Right. Um, and I think then, it would be worse then. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if these games are for me, but I have played them. I like RPGs. I like JRPGs. So I, I'm trying to find something to like in these games. Clearly, I keep playing them. But uh, yeah, I, I four doesn't super excite me. I've not really liked any of the other games. And, and the story, like I have tried so hard to understand the story, and it's just a lesson in futility, man. It is so, so hard to uh, to figure out what's going on, even for fans. And uh, the conversations around the story and understanding it, I think maybe that's why I play it because I just I find it so amusing that this community has such a hard time with the their problem. Own see, the problem I have with that, and we've seen it in Star Wars, we've seen it in other things where fans will fix things. They they will try to fix things, whether that's a you know a, a hyperspace jump in Star Wars or whatever's happening in Kingdom Hearts. So you get it so convoluted. Where especially if you don't actually trust the writers that, that they're fixing these things on the fly, it just becomes a mess of fan explanations and things that, yeah, kind of could work, uh, but they'll just retcon it right away from you if they decide something's cooler at that moment in time for that mobile game or that app or that new version. So it doesn't, yeah. it, there's no point in investing in it, in, in my opinion. For sure, yeah. The 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 uh, this is a very big problem with like controlling franchises and their continuity. Some some companies do it well, and some just do it really really poorly. And uh, yeah, Kingdom Hearts is. I, I don't really know what they're doing, but hey, you know they got they got cool Disney World. So yeah. we and can't they, criticize them too much because they are adamant fans and they're selling correct. copies. So and like, I will okay. say this. I will say this. I think more developers should have the guts to stand by their story and their creative vision and just say to fans, we don't care what you think, because I honestly think that listening too much to fan feedback has ruined a lot of, a lot of uh, properties who are just like too much kind of like listening to that back and forth and the backlash. And it's just like, dude, if you had a creative vision, see it through and then we'll be the judge afterwards, but you don't need to mid flight, you know, make retcons and change directions. I don't mean to keep circling back to this, but that's exactly what from software does. Here's our game. Here's how we like to make it. Here's the story. You may think it's weird. You may think it's obtuse. You may think it's convoluted. If you don't like it, it's not for you. Move on. Correct. And that's, yeah. yeah, And that's fine. Right. They, they been good with it. Like that's it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there is some virtue in listening to your fans, but I think when it comes to, uh, create creative vision, that's probably something you should just do what you're going to do. And uh, I mean, we've actually seen it with Halo where, you know, they clearly had a, a way they wanted to go and fans didn't like it. So they snapped another sure. way. And not that the story that they told was bad, but it, it does, you can see the writing and it's just like, well, we don't really know what the Halo six would have, <laughs> if that would have been, yeah, good. No, we, like we never got that chance. That's, yeah. You yeah. talk about faith, right? The Halo, it feels like they snapped between four and five and then five and six. Like it's like, okay, you guys, I agree with you, Travis. This is the best thing you've said all day. Which is that it is not, no, I mean, I'm getting credit here. I know, so, it's just so no, funny the way you said you can it. Feel when, you can feel when, like, the authors lose faith in themselves, and then you have Cortana only in logs talking about what happened uh, at the end of the last game. And it's like, I, no, you gotta, you're unhappy with something, but you gotta commit, you gotta fix that. Correct. Not 
just go off. And- I, I would have loved to see because I actually think Halo. I, I've said this on the show before. I think that Halo Five Guardians gets a, a bad uh, rap, and I think that it, it's because we never got to see the fruition of those labors. Like you, usually, the middle part of a trilogy is a little funky because you have like this momentum building. It's a little darker, and usually, it's setting of the stage. I feel the same way about the Last Jedi. I think I think that movie would have been redeemed were it not for a slapping back of of all of the fan expectations and rise of skywalker uh basically you know and see, and that's, that's that, the only place so. where we, i think we really significantly differ there because i think last jedi is a slapping back of force awakens so what you get no, is if it's it not it builds on it we need to talk about this at some point i love not now but dude the last jedi is oh, it's so good anyway um I, look you can yeah, but, but i think i think i think we agree on the philosophy here which is that like but the slapping a, back feels ground. bad that we can bad. agree on, regardless of where it happens, that 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 reversals feel yeah. bad, and it makes you feel like they didn't, they don't know what they're doing. So when you have that kind of flip around in Halo, and I really think they did it with between four and five as well, that it it, it feels like you're you're just kind of out there doing whatever, and that's why when you get to the end of like Infinite, it's like, oh, all right, are you are you setting that up, or are we going to just reverse again? Um, and you don't know, so that that's faith. And that, that happens across games. You're muted, Ains. Sorry, I keep typing in chat and muting myself. Thank you. He says, uh, Ash said, does Infinite not follow from 5? And, and technically, like, uh, chronologically, it is post-5. But like, if you remember... The, stuff into logs. Yeah, if you remember, <laughs> if you remember the end of 5, you got this really cool scene. I think we're well past spoiler territory yes. at, at this point. You get this really cool scene where Chief leaves with Arbiter and Halsey and Blue Team and this kind of core like group and they're taking off and you're like, oh, this is going to be great to follow on. And then Infinite basically scraps all that. They basically you know, say we're, we're years later, you're chief because everyone wanted the focus to be chief, which it is. Um, but here's the story we're going to tell in Infinite and you don't get Arbiter, you don't get Blue Team, you don't get any of these things that they build up in five. And it, I, I loved Infinite. We talked about it. I think I, I loved Infinite for what it was. But if you're looking at it, from a continuation of five standpoint, yeah, it's exactly what Travis said. They they went you know back. My and least they just... favorite one of those ever was. I don't know if I've mentioned it in this space, but I I don't like Resident Evil Four um, for a number of reasons. But one of which Oof. is, yeah, okay, just talk about narrative. It, what is it? What is it? Slap back on. Yeah, Resident Evil Two. So Resident Evil Two finishes off with we're going to take out Umbrella. Like that's a really strong ending right into the credits. It's the last line of Resident Evil Two. And uh, Resident Evil 4 starts out with Umbrella Corporation going down to a stock exchange deal. Um, and then you don't deal with Umbrella uh, the, the, rest of the, the rest of the game. And that always felt awful to me. Three, by the way, in case you don't know, the Resident Evil series is simultaneous to two. That's why it goes from two to four yeah. um, in, in this narrative. But um, that always, doing that in the intro scroll, Umbrella Corporation lost all its stock and went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very good let's go talk to napoleon i don't, I don't know if that's a back slap though I, that, that to me also that sort of um predates like the fan feedback kind of madness i think that's actually kind of a new phenomenon because f- fan they feedback wanted, is they wanted to do something super different. aggressive they yeah i, I think they just wanted to do something forward. different and, but they were following their own vision and that's what, like if if 343 wanted to make Halo Infinite all along, I would be like, oh, yeah. I mean, this was their vision for it. You could judge it based on that. But the fact okay, well, that so you we don't want to know they didn't back. want that. Right. We don't want to call it a slapback. The, the, the biggest anticlimax to a setup 
in in game. There you go. Yeah. I, I think that's nuts. totally fine. And I and I think so you can go nuts and let's we got to take an umbrella. I mean, like literally, that setup. Yeah. I, 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 you could go find the YouTube video of this, but it's it's it, it starts the rock music behind as daylight comes up at the end of Resident Evil Two, and then it's we've got to take an umbrella into the rock music into the credits, and it's like okay, we we know what we're doing next, and then you have three, and you're like okay, we're gonna deal with the simultaneous. Yeah, that's fine. Three's good, uh, and then you get to four, and you're like, I'm in Spain. Uh, well, umbrella's gone. Hope, maybe they, met, they have to take out umbrella by shorting its stock. I mean, yes. for all we know, <laughs> that, that, that I'm an economics the, guy. I don't find that terribly fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, I think, that, but the difference is like you can judge somebody's creative like decision making. Like that's the way they went and they wanted it, and I didn't like it. But what I'm talking mm -hmm. about is a phenomenon where they have this vision and we never get to see it realized because. So you of think three, four, three reacts to that? They would have shown the AI. Oh, 100%. 100%. They, were, they had a Halo 6 planned and we will never okay. see it. The, the Last Jedi had a sequel that I'm, I think would have been great that we'll never see. I, I just, I think that these things existed and and fan feedback sometimes has a negative effect. And I'm just a big fan of people sticking to the story they want to tell and then we can judge that story. But the it, it's, it's a middle ground, you know, it's a balance. There's some things you definitely want to react to fan feedback on. But I think, you know, people who play video games are very famously not screenwriters they're not like great storytellers i think and uh oh, and the, their ideas for what should, should happen in stories just yeah just yeah i don't i don't think they always have the best ideas so well uh, to, br to bring us completely full circle as we were laughing about uh kind of kingdom hearts and this this setup that's all over the place if you didn't notice in the press release they have a, an extra sentence here which just was hilarious to me from looking from the outside it says additionally Kingdom Hearts team announced that the highly anticipated final chapter of Kingdom Hearts Dark Road will be released in August of 2022 as a free update to Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Union X Dark Road app. That's, yeah, that's their app. iPad game. Okay, so yeah. again, it just it kind of speaks to the point that you've got these extra story elements out here in no man's land. Well, the um, iPad game is fundamental to everything that happens in Kingdom Hearts. So that was and a that, choice. That's exactly what people, the people going, <laughs> that's why I brought it up because the conversation we're having right now is a lot of fans are already saying, I cannot believe that you're continuing to put key story elements in this other thing outside of yeah. the, the main game. Like the equivalent of what is the force? I yeah. mean, like it is in that <laughs> iPad game. For sure. It's it's honestly like if, uh, if like, we talk about Halo all the time, how the books are insane, but like the fact that you don't have to read them, it'd be like if you had to read all the Halo books to understand anything yeah. that was going on. Yeah. Like it's just, they, they just do a really bad job of like continuity and management and like expectations of what their fans have to, the fact that you can't play Kingdom Hearts one, two and three and understand everything that's happening is crazy to me. It's nuts. Yeah. It you can't crazy. like that. And if you tell fans I played Kingdom Hearts one, two and three and I don't get the story, they're like, you idiot. Why would you play a game chronologically based on the numbered titles? And you're just like, what? Well, you, you see, you created a soulless clone of yourself on the Game Boy Advance. You didn't know that. Oh. <laughs> Unbelievable, um, man. OBM about Halo says 100% he agrees with what we were saying about we'll never see the continuation directly of five, but he says he's glad it was scrapped. The writer wasn't yeah, but, good but, and he's gone. Such a, it's such a fallacious argument. We'll never know. We'll never know if five was good in the context of the trilogy because we'll never see six. Well, I mean, it's presumably like they slapped their story points into the into the logs for Cortana, right? No. 
Well, there's there's st- so. there's stuff I, in I, in there's continuation in in Halo canon of what happens too and buildings okay. and stuff. But but it's uh, confirmation bias to be like, well, we never saw six, and thank God because five. It's just you you. Of course, you're agreeing with yourself that it turned out the way you liked it because that's what we got. But it's like you don't know what the alternative was, and yeah. I. No, it's a hard reset. That. Infinite's a hard reset. It and is. You can like it, it or you it's can not. Some people like it. I think on its own, it does it does stand as like a, pr- a pretty good story. But I just think that we'll never know what the alternative was. And I think that's a shame because I think five would have been vindicated to some extent. I, 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 I personally. I agree with all that, but I still think five wasn't very well written to begin with. Yeah, you can think that. And I, 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 I think, think I, I think thought the end beat. I thought the Cortana end beat was good. Me too. I I would have liked to see Halo Six. I I think people would have appreciated it. Ames and I know you will appreciate this. Yeah. I think they would have appreciated Five in the same way they appreciate Halo Two, which was not received well by fans. Uh, I, I'm, context I'm, in, I'm three, agreeing with you. Yeah. In the context of Three, people were like, you know what, that whole story where with where you play as that weird alien and ended up being, uh, you know, people like it in retrospect, but they didn't like it back in the day. I'm, uh, objection. I'm, I'm, I'm completely Halo is the best Halo, and I when I I agree with you, but Ames, uh, but Hogue, we're in the minority. There was but, so much background. I literally played it when it came out. I mean, like I, I can tell you, I like Halo Two as it came out, except for the ending. No, okay, uh, me too. But, but in, we're again, in general Halo community, when Halo Two released, there was a massive, massive backlash, and people were pissed for the same reasons they were pissed yep. at Halo Five. They were like, "Oh, Correct. it's just it's writing, it's overwritten, it's you don't play as Master Chief a lot." It's like it was exactly the same thing. This I I don't know, man. I I could get on my soapbox about Halo Two is the but... strongest story in Halo. I agree. Well, <laughs> I agree, well, and I I, yeah. I don't agree, but well, Halo Four, Halo Four has yeah. a yeah. but. Uh, Let's also also forget it is funny to hear people like yourself, Hogue, say it's the strongest story in Halo when we know categorically that it was cut, chopped, its legs were chopped out. It didn't yeah, tell three the is story. two. I mean, in a perfect world, yeah. three three is two. I mean, like that's they're yeah. the same game. Correct. Yes. Yeah. They 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 revive uh, that. That's Travis's point. Is that three basically brought two into okay, the but I don't, story I don't arc kill, of I don't kill Soul Reaver for putting the second half in a different game. I mean, that's still a great yeah. story in gaming. But I yeah. but I think a lot of the reason people were upset is because they felt like, you know, the story didn't go the way they were expecting. You're talking about fan expectation and impacting the actual story and that well, sure, they uh, and it was clearly incomplete. <laughs> but Halo 5 Guardians yeah. was clearly an incomplete game because they were they were building up to Halo 6 and the fact that we didn't see that We'll never get Halo Five Guardians. Will never have a chance to be redeemed now because it basically it has now been publicly like shoved into a corner of like we. Oh, I don't think we can come back from the infinite logs. Really, I mean that would have been that would have been your game. Yeah, I don't. I I think I think it's I think it's tough, and uh, I feel this way about more than just the Halo franchise. Like we've said, Star Wars. I've I've I've, uh, I think this is a problem in like making something creative that lives and that goes into people's minds, and then people talk about it for a thousand hours on YouTube videos and all their theories and shit. It's just like I would say fans are going to be fans, and developers have to get thicker skins for that. Yes, that's my point. Is it it is not on the fans to change. I I just want people to be more like the Kingdom Hearts developers, the good people at Kingdom Hearts, (laughs) standing by. Their insane creative vision. More power to you, man. I'm well, those sure Kingdom Hearts people playing. are in charge of my Final Fantasy VII remake, and I already reject wholeheartedly what they did with it. But I'm interested to see where they go. For sure, for sure. <laughs> I just think fans, maybe fans, should be more open to letting developers do their thing and not try to not try to be the creative director of projects that they're not part of. I, that's of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I like critique, so I, I think criticism is a valid form of art in of itself. I like that sure. process, regardless of whether it comes out as I loved it or I hated it. I like that process. Don't change for me, but don't get too mad when I say it's terrible. And that, I agree. That is 100% <laughs> right. Those, those statements are the perfect segue to 
the Halo the Show episode. Don't change for me, Halo TV show. <laughs> don't change. Well, I don't know. Should they though? Should they change? <laughs> so. Uh, 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 I'll maybe they have up. a vision here that none of us are seeing, but if it involves this much of Master Chief's butt cheeks, I'm just very uh, perplexed. The vision that was the vision that led them to where they got. Get on them, man. Go, go so I, well, well, hold I on, like. Travis. We haven't seen their full vision yet, so slow down. Agreed. No, agreed. As I said, my, I think my, I my stance <laughs> so far on what I've seen is thanks. I hate it. I just, Episode you know. four is going to be X-rays of Master Chief. Episode All right, so. five is going to be cellular analysis. <laughs> yes, there cells moving around. How how much can we unmask the chief, really? So, all right. So we'll get into it. Episode three. So I thought, and and I again, everything we talk about here is anecdotal, right? So I I, I talk to some people about the show. I kind of go on what my feedback is to my posts on Twitter. But I, I I think general consensus is that three as an episode was better than two, uh, which I said in my post. It's a low bar. So, you know, that that's not an accomplishment in and of itself. Uh, I think that Cortana that better than one is what troubles me. I'd have to think real hard about whether I like three or two better. Like it's, okay. it's a close rust race. So yeah, episode, it's a good question on episode one. I don't know. I put probably part three close to one. I think Cortana generally speaking is handled well here. Um, I, I didn't know where they were going when they started modifying john as john because that's that's different that's not what is supposed to happen but how they developed cortana and they went through the arc of creating her and then obviously Jen okay, Taylor. hold on pause so the arc of creating her see you already you rolled your eyes at me and it's fine. no 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 i would <laughs> I, I, so the I, would, only pause I wanted to say there is a, just as a just as a critique overall the yeah. sequence of events that goes from flash clone conversation to cortana living in chief's head i don't feel as a lesser Halo fan than you guys, obviously, yeah, I, it, it's space magic. It's it's ten minutes of waving your hands at how this person and that brain goes with this software and pops and out was, a blue lady. It was also completely unnecessary because it's not part of Halo. They just yeah. added this super complicated layer for no reason. Yeah, yeah so, so we, I'll, I'll let you get back to your summary, but I just wanted to point that out while I remembered it because I, I was thinking maybe this makes more sense to Ains, <laughs> but like. Why why this action doing this doing this leads to Cortana I, is entirely opaque to me watching this show. No, you're not wrong at all. Um <laughs> it wasn't it, uh, necessary. It's no, like it wasn't because it, it was in the game. It wasn't necessary. I don't know why they did it. I'm I'm assuming they did it to try and tie some more connection to the character themselves, which didn't need to happen. And as far as I'm aware, and I know there's some Halo lore experts far deeper than me. But from a game perspective or what we know of how Cortana was created, right, and and interfaces with Master Chief, it has to do with the Mjolnir armor and, you know, it integrating with the armor set, not John. Because there's many points, if you even someone like yourself, Hoke, who's only played the games, you'll know that in Halo, multiple Halo games, like Halo 3 is a perfect example, when you lose Cortana, yeah, he... he, he doesn't have Cortana. It's not like it lives within him, right? It's part of his interface and the, the yeah, design. Yeah, I felt like they wanted to make an, uh, a reason why they're going to do some superhero stuff with him. So she needs to be a part of his body chemistry. I, I felt like it had to be part of his body because they plan on spending a lot of time with Master Chief, not with his armor. And so they it, it could be. They could attach Cortana to his armor because then when he's not wearing the helmet, Cortana's not there. So they were what? like, let's just put it in his head. That. 
After yeah, let's episode, just put it in his head. That way Cortana's always there, even when he's butt naked. That's why they did it, in my opinion. It I, could be. Again, then again, I was completely wrong last week when I said they were giving Cortana a body so they could bang. Don't sell yourself short just yet, Travis. Keep that back oh, no. in the back no, she corner. No, no, she doesn't have a body. What are you talking about? But wait, hold on. We now know that these intelligences <laughs> have the potential to live in bodies. So let's, it's not out of the are question. Are you kidding me? They could do a Blade Runner 2049 with one okay, of the Silver Team okay. members. Are you kidding but, Okay, so I, I think that yeah, I was just as confused as you, Rick. That that's not just, what just, I would. I put it in my head as okay, space magic. Yeah, and and I, I'm again, you know, I, I'm giving I think more benefit of the doubt than you maybe sure you guys are, are, dude. I don't know uh, if you're on this. So well, hold on, hold on, because I didn't even get to finish my point. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, I jumped in your summary, though. which oh, is yeah. that once you get past that. Right. And you say, OK, they're they're putting Cortana in him for some reason, like we said, and you, you move past that. Right. At that point, I think Cortana was well done. She Jen Taylor, having Jen Taylor's voice is is strong because it, it, it associates the character with what you know of Cortana. Right. Can I her? Per <laughs> can, yeah, let me just I, finish I, my wait, point wait, on wait, Cortana, it's, it's, please. Can I, can, I just, can I just explain why I'm laughing? Because Good God, I, guys. I, technically, I got it the exact opposite, Ains. I yeah, thought they were going to put Master Chief in Cortana, but they put Cortana in Master Chief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's sorry, not, that's, that's that's not why I thought you were laughing. But uh, That's why I was laughing. Sorry. Sorry. It was not about your opinion. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so once they get past the, the this, the space magic, as you rightfully put it, um, once you get past that, Cortana is handled, I think, extremely well in the sense that she feels like the Cortana we know. She, 100%. she is. She speaks to now. Obviously, this is them meeting, so the relationship between her and John obviously is going to be built up. At least I hope it's built up well over the course of the show. But her personality is spot on. Her kind of uh, contentious nature with wanting to do what she thinks is right. Uh, against the UNSC wanting to kind of have more control of the situation is spot on. And one little detail, which doesn't make it great, but I thought was very cool, is if you watch this with either headphones or in kind of full surround sound, her voice is even coded differently to where it comes through the speakers differently than every other character in the show. Yeah. So as you're watching it, it sounds like she's coming through kind of your head like you would in the game, which I thought was a neat little thing. So... I don't know. I think Cortana was the redeeming factor of this episode where, and that's like, that takes you to about like halfway through the episode, three quarters. Right. And then they do the thing, which I complained about last week, which is too much John. There's too much. Well, I guess I just said it. There's too much John and they're trying to, it looks like they're trying to set up this arc where again, he's kind of trying to understand his role and his humanity. And the way they're going about it, I, I, I'm not enjoying. It's not what I expect out of the character, one out of the character. I'll stop because I could keep going. But on the Cortana piece, you guys tell me your piece. And then, you know, the rest of the episode you can touch on as well. I think Jen Taylor is a mistake as Cortana in the TV show. I think, wow. it, I think it mixes the game in an unfortunate way. So you might remember in the first episode... One of the re one of the things I said was that Master Chief's voice isn't at the higher level that gives him that kind of um, talking above everybody that he and Cortana share in the game. And they did, in fact, put Cortana on that master level that is speaking outside of the scene. 
Um, so she sounds like I expected Master Chief to sound. And you, you combine these kinds of things, and it, it comes across odd. I'm going to compare a weird thing here. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the new Spider-Man movie that's in a different dimension is a problem for that lore because it's the same actor across these multiple dimensions. And it feels like the similar kind of problem for that's Cortana that I recognize in a universe that I don't. Mm. Um, and I really think they should, it, you should go all in for your separate timeline because it's a, to me watching it. And I'm, I think I, I tweeted this out, but I, I'm, I'm going to be done with Halo from here because this episode didn't work for me. These series get three episodes. Uh, and then people said I had to watch it for, for the BitCast. I don't know. That might convince me. But it, it sounds like a little troublesome. Uh, but but I think, I think uh, you might be curious if we if we talk about it on the show. And, I, I, might, I, I might just sit back and be like, they did what? Yeah, Ames, uh, Ames is defending when they put Cortana in a brute's body, and then they, you know, come on. But understand, and... I really, I really, actually, I've always liked her Cortana. I thought this Cortana was nice. It wasn't the Cortana for this show or this John or whatever the heck we're watching. And then in terms of a show, it's just so much pointless blather. It's so many scenes of walking around New York and listening to string music. It's so much scenes with Europe. the lady, the the, the girl protagonist. She's going to go fight for Madrigal against the guy that's the, from The Expanse. And it's like, what are you doing? Agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. This pillar. So, yeah, so. I, I think one of the things I said in my tweet, and then I'll let you go, Travis, because this is all I have, is yeah. usually when I'm watching a show, if I can get one plot strand to work for me, I can wait out. Okay, she's going to be in the rubble and talking about whatever. Um, and if I can come back to the one thing, that would be cool. They were close to me with the Flash clone scene. Because I could actually feel, even if I didn't feel it was Halo, I could feel there being like an interesting plot about this person knowing that they're supposed to sacrifice themselves and having a conversation with Halsey. And I'm like, and then they Man, threw an acid two minutes later. Yeah, I would have done like a, I would have done that as like a season and then like real metaphorical conversations and getting to the end and then doing that. Uh, but like they immediately ditched that for skeezy tech guy. Why? Why is that in what? What are you doing? That, uh, that scene was <laughs> stupid. That was that was a very Westworld like why like you know I just think the tone is so wrong. They're why? trying to get like an HBO show. Right. They they and they make and they make everybody have like vaguely evil intent in like all these Yes, scenes. okay. That's what I want to talk okay. about. Because Don't I keep not, talking, that's the only thing I, keep... I wanted to say. Uh, the yeah. music continues to suck. Although it's the music it's does so suck. much more obviously Mass Effect throughout almost all of this episode. I really think they wanted to make a Mass Effect show. I think At they least, wanted yeah. to make a generic science fiction show and just didn't really understand the the themes of Halo. That because that's my biggest problem is like the music is part of it. I I, I don't have as much problem with the Cortana. I, I tend to agree with Ains that at least that was kind of a bright spot. That it's like she's okay, good. Well, she's yeah, good. I, I, I get I get what you're saying of like it it makes me it makes me think of it's this is the wrong <laughs> show for Cortana to be in. I get that, but my biggest problem aside from all the obvious stuff like the weird plots and the bad writing and the music and the low production values and certain things, the stuff that kind of everyone is kind of like, eh, it's bad, but we're overlooking it. Right. I got commenters tell me how great it looks. So I don't know. I, I okay, think well, there, I think there are aspects of it that look great. And then there's aspects that look bad. It's a weird mix, but that's like very sci-fi channel. That, that's yeah, just, I know that's I know. it's that's uh, anyway. Um, my biggest problem with it is they continue to chase this HBO. Everything needs to be dark and evil, like you know, Westworld, uh, Game of Thrones style. That does not jive at all with I think something that is fundamental to Halo, which is the 
theme of like heroism and humanity coming together to fight a common evil and ultimately overcoming some of its darkness to be the good guys. And I think that that they're there's they keep adding stuff like the 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 flash freezing and having to kill like clearly is obviously just another layer of like oh yeah kidnapping kids wasn't bad enough let's make cortana even more crazy where she's like so heartless she can kill herself and then adding the whole cortana was meant to take over a master chief's consciousness and now she's got like that seat in the back of her head where she's like i should be in the driver's seat and it's like already super evil i'm just like like why do they keep adding these like random dark elements and Hogue brought one up. I completely forgot about when, when I saw it, I was like, like when the, when the, you know, scientist tries to kiss the, the Halsey's body, skeezy as possible. Like he, exactly. He, Every like, character has to be evil and like has their own motives. And there's the only character who's pure is master chief. And he's spending all this time just being a tool and looking off like sad. And I'm just like, dude, this isn't halo. Like get to the part where like, humanity comes together and we're like all right you know what we're kind of messed up but when it comes when push comes to shove we're a force for good because that's what i think of when i think of halo and i don't think i I, i'm fine with all the creative license they're taking to just make it their own and not be the same canon but i think there's some things you have to get right and to me the the, the tone and the theme of of halo is one of them it's the same on the same level as i think the music is for you like it has to be it has to hit that certain thing to feel like this property and i just think they've missed so so bad on purpose it's not like they got it wrong it's like they just were like nope we're doing this other thing where it's just going to have a super dark tone and we're going to that are the covenant exterminating things i mean like are are they exterminating people here because that oban pre-scene is like at least 12 years ago like when they collect that girl um they Mm -hmm. they just show up they wander around and they didn't i mean they don't, the covenant, regardless of whether they are in like the background being the covenant that we know, they don't feel like it. It doesn't feel like earth is under existential threat. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like presented on neutral footing uh, with humanity as like a force for bad. It's like the covenant are bad, but so are humans. And it's, it's like, it reminds me of like the, what aboutism that like Putin does of like America's just as bad as our, you know what I mean? Like it, 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 uh, it's, it's just such a weird tone. It's such a weird tone. And maybe that's just, where we're at as a society, you know, we can't view ourselves as heroic or good or having having good features. Maybe that's just where the media is right now. But uh, it bothers me a lot. It really bothers me. So hmm. I don't interesting points. I, I don't I don't know if I agree as sharply. I do see what you're saying for sure. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I don't think like uh, every character shows is bad. Right. I think Hal, Halsey, I think it still continues to show well. She's very. That's who Halsey is. But they're making her even more evil. I feel like I haven't seen the good part of Halsey. And that's fundamental to her character is like, she has a good heart. It's just that she's willing to kind of like throw off the yoke of morality when she, when she thinks it's necessary. In this one, it seems like she enjoys it. Like she's like plotting. She does she's like a, little finger. She it's so smirk. weird. Yeah. She's got like a smirk. Like, yeah, now I get to kill my own self. And I get uh, off. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> what dude? Like what? That wasn't even part of her character. And like, I, I know it's easy to like throw off as just a weird moment, like that scientist trying to kiss the body. But that to me is like that, that, that idea kind of personified of like, everyone's got to be a monster. And I, I just, it, it yeah, because presumably me. master chief comes around to humanity is what's worth saving. Like that's, Assu- you have to I'm there. assuming that that's where they have to go. That's where they seemingly are driving to. I mean, they have to really, I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, they don't, really have, they don't have to, but I, you know, that seems what they're driving towards. But they're, it's too, 
it's too on the nose, right? Like they're 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 like, oh, he he takes out his emotional chip, and now he's gonna go watch a a cello concert, and that gives him emotion. And it's like, come so on, bad. guys, it's 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 too on the nose. <laughs> like you don't have to do that. Even the games do better than than that. It's showing what drives him for humanity. So yeah, I, again, I don't think it's brilliant. I don't think it's incredible, but I did enjoy episode three better than two by a, a decent amount. Is it as good as episode one? I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'd rate this one, honestly. I'd probably be in the six or seven range for this one, too, personally. It seemed like filler. I, I have trouble rating filler. Like, I don't know that much yeah. moved. Um, yeah. <laughs> my, 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 somehow Phil did a lot of filler, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so we've got different comments here. Um, Dave says he's all here for the drama, so he likes it. Michael Patton says... It's like you guys don't watch television programs. Smart guys with bad takes. The tendency I have, unfortunately, is to watch good and well-written television Boom. programs. So I might not be. Boom! Yeah, I might not honestly. be ready for Halo. Some people fully. respect their time and aren't okay with the Netflix model of like, let's do eight episodes of filler for what could have been a two-hour movie. It's just. <laughs> I like Michael. No, you're allowed to like what you like, by the way. And I do think some people are coming to it as, "Hey, it's a sci-fi show." And it hasn't done anything egregiously wrong. Uh, and there's some resources put at it. And I, as a fan of sci-fi, and I was in, you know, I'm, I'm an older guy, so it was much more wastelandy-ish than it was, than it is now. Um, yeah, you, you, can, you tend to find something that kind of works for you, and it, and it works. It's not Halo. Uh, maybe it can be something decent at that point in time. I lose faith in that because it's just so darn clunky. I mean, it, it's, the exposition is clunky. The montages are clunky um I, god god do i not care about the magical plot line at all i mean i presume what the setup there is is that that girl's gonna go off on her own plot she's gonna go off on his own plot for a while and like the end sequence is like she's gonna win or take over the planet or whatever and then the covenant's gonna come and glass it and that's gonna be a moment for uh, master chief but like I, I don't care i i don't care because the one thing that halo used to do was big damn heroes and it used to do existential threat like I, even in the instruction booklet of halo explaining why they could not let any bit of data be captured from the pillar of autumn or from chief or anything else, because if anything led to earth that humanity was over, like, how is that not built into one sentence in your show? Like, like that, that's the fundamental kind of tension. And I said, reach feels so sleepy. It's, it's, it's the sleepiest existential threat ever. Everybody's just kind of chilling. John's yeah. going to jello concerts. You know? Yeah, I, I and I, you know, some of the guys are disagreeing here. And I, again, be very clear that if you love it, great. Yeah, that, that that's great. I'm not here to um, tell you not to like something. And and I, this is a this is the most cop out phrase ever. I realize, but I don't dislike it. Um, like I, I I'm clearly a little higher on it than you guys are, and that's fine. But I'm not I'm not over the moon about it. There are aspects, and I, of course, I understand that Chief needs to find his humanity and. And, you know, build to that. But that that can be done through a series of events that happen over the course of a, uh, you know, of a show or a series or a season, what have you. I think I, I think the way they've approached Chief here at the beginning for me personally is just to um, I don't know. It, it seems too aggressive that like they're trying to show you that Chief is human and has feelings and, uh, you know, needs to understand the breadth of humanity and what he's fighting for. And they need to do all this. And they're trying to do it all in a couple episodes. And I think that's that's my my kind of point is like you, you don't need to have him rushing to do all this right at the start of season one. Right. That's something that should be built upon that you start to understand about his character 
over time. It's kind of like we talked about last week. Like you come into the show and if you don't know Halo, you don't know why the Spartans are special other than the fact that they said, you know, in the show, these guys are super fast. It can kill everything. You know what I mean? There's really, they show the combat scene in episode one, but there's no real understanding of the Spartan program or, or what makes them inherently uh, unique or what, you know, there, there's just, there's lack of context. And for all the not, exposition they do, I couldn't agree with you more. Like there's just yeah. not a sense of the world or the situation that the covenant versus earth are in, or even realistically that, well, you know, they spent so much time on it, you know, what the outer colonies and, and the earth are, there's, there's no relationship context because they're so invested in this emotional psyche driven plot line for master chief. And I'm not interested yeah. I'm not interested in, and when I'm not interested in Madrigal and I'm not interested in what you're trying to sell me with Master Chief, I just I, I feel like I wasted my time. Yeah. And I said last week that Master Chief is the show for me. Master Chief is Halo. Right. Um, to, to a degree, of course, for me personally. Um, and I can fill in. I, you know, I think it's A.O. said that, uh, you know, some of the lore he really appreciates that they're touching on. And to a sense, I'd agree. I, I'd agree. Because I can fill in some of the gaps with what I know of the Halo universe and the lore, but not all. Um, it shouldn't, shouldn't be mandatory to watch the show, though. That's my problem with it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tough, right? And it, it goes back to the question of how do you take a 20-year franchise that has a, a gigantic amount of lore? It'd be, you know, and and do this. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of thoughts. And, and obviously, there's some people really high on it. There's some people really low on it and everything in between, um, which is probably to be expected of a, a halo tv show i don't know but <laughs> did anybody uh, think it was going to be universally liked? yeah exactly like? was, this was, was never like... going to be universally liked so that's fine yeah. but anyway we've that's episode three we've talked about a lot we will continue to keep our halo episode discussion at the tail end of big cast uh every week and uh you know we'll see how it goes it's a long so. show it is we've gone long today in fact this might be one of our longest big cast ever so please keep in mind that the dms before the show is we might, we might end short today it's true. It's true. Well, we spent like <laughs> half an hour on my achievement topic at the beginning, which is I, I even said before we started, I don't want to say this because it's going to make us go too long. But anyway, it's been fun conversation, though. We always have a good conversation chat. You've been great today, as always. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll continue to talk more about this uh, as the season goes on. So I will tell you, I do. I do get excited every Thursday now to like see what my calendar looks like for the day and see when I can watch Halo early in the day, you know. Okay. So, yeah. That's hey. I uh I try to watch it while I'm on a jog. That's my <laughs> that's my new level of how much I care. It went it went from big premiere on my 80 inch tv to like all right how am i going to squeeze this in as least painfully as possible so i don't know i'm, I'm hopeful it'll it'll, it'll change I, i'm interested to see how it goes but yeah I, I the three episodes i've seen so far are not not good fair enough fair enough all right boys uh so coming to season gaming this week so we recorded our first uh patreon round table yesterday this is for uh producer level patreons that goes up later today uh, just a roundtable with some of the season gaming contributors. We had a lot of good chat about content creation and uh, a bunch of other topics we dug into. So if you're a supporter on Patreon, look for that. And if you're if you're not, well, uh, check it out and see uh, if you want to become part of the community and help us with what we do over at Season Gaming. We'd appreciate it. Uh, the video I said last week of the mumbo jumbo statue from Banjo Kazooie is live. It's a uh, it's a pretty cool looking piece. I was going to set it up here for the show and I forgot, but uh, yeah, you can check that out if you're interested. Uh, got an article I'm working on on Gran Turismo 7. The first update of promised updates to that game has come out to fix some of the monetization issues and other things that uh, players were giving feedback about. So I want to touch on that 
And then Cast Co-op returns this week as well. So me, Joe, and Luke will be uh, putting together a new episode by midweek. So you can check that out. But that's about all for us. Travis, hit us with what's happening, man. Yeah, uh, I've got a game review going up next week that I can't talk about yet. But uh, it'll, I think it's the 18th. So, oh, actually, maybe it'll be the week after. I'm not sure. I need to check the embargo date. Um, But I'm working on that. Uh, uh, I've done a bunch of content at IGN.com this week that you you can find online. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, watch my shows. I'm on a destiny show on Thursdays. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at tie Travis and, uh, yeah, got some interesting content coming up. I also did a raid guide for, uh, destiny. Ooh. If you, uh, want to do the vow of the disciple guide, I, I made a guide. It's not live yet, but, um, it should be in the next couple of days. And it's, uh, yeah, there you go. I'm trying to try my hand at some new content stuff <laughs> for IGN. So cool. Uh, yeah. Cool. Rick. I continue to roll around YouTube talking about business and law, Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft, everybody else continues to give me a lot to work with, uh, as well as headlines and reporting that sometimes isn't fully up to uh, up to speed on some of that stuff. So I did a couple videos this week. I'll continue to do those kinds of things. And we'll probably be talking a little bit uh, about Activision, Blizzard still, as I mentioned in this video. Uh, there's some questions people have about how they're dealing with their quality assurance folks. Uh, and I suspect I might just do a breakdown of what was announced for that Max Payne announcement as well. And of course, everything else that happens because I never know what I'm going to do a video on when I get video time uh, because the video game industry moves really fast. So if you're interested in that, youtube.com slash Hoaglaw. And otherwise, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Hoaglaw, same spelling, where I talk about a little bit more of a breadth uh, of issues, movies I like, TV shows I don't, uh, and, and everything in between. Cheers, man. All right, chat. You've been great. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Audio listeners or people checking this out later. We've actually gotten like several hundred views lately post recording live. So if you do check us out on YouTube after we're done live, I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, leave us a comment, leave us a like and uh, let us know, you know, since you're not here and chat live, if there's anything you'd like us to kind of touch on in the following week, we'd be happy to do that. Just leave us a comment. So thanks as always for tuning in to Big Cash, your weekly show covering all things Xbox, PlayStation, PC and Nintendo with industry, technical and legal insight. Until next week.